The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 90 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got Josh Roberts, at RobertsNumber49 on Twitter. Good evening, y'all. John George, at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And unfortunately, Chris Jung is not going to be joining us tonight. We mentioned a couple weeks ago he's going to have a rocky schedule moving forward, so hopefully he can join us again next week. All right, episode 90. We've got... All the leagues kicking into action now. Uh, it's going to be more like your normal show that you've grown to grown to expect from us uh, over the years. Now that we have, we're going to have all four leagues, four of the major leagues starting up this uh, this weekend. We've also got a bunch of the smaller region leagues starting up this weekend as well. Uh, we're going to be talking LCK Week Two, LPL Week Three, the second week of the LCS Lock In, the new tournament that we're trying out here, the preseason tournament for the LCS. Uh, the LEC starts up this weekend as well, so we're going to be touching on all of these. We're going to be giving you pick of the week. Uh, I've got a fun listener question to answer to open the show with, but before we get into any of that, how have you been doing the first couple of weeks, DFS, betting-wise? How have things been going for you? Has it kind of been going as expected, uh, more surprising? Uh, you know, Feel free to just chime in whenever. I'll be honest, Vince. It's been an absolute slaughterhouse. I've been killing it. Um <laughs> Uh, it's been a little lucky. I mean, I had some very, some very lucky underdogs hit. I think a lot of people in the Discord at least know I won the fifteen, the twenty, and the three thirty-three all in like a week. Uh, just been killing it. The betting's been fantastic as well. Got to run pretty, pretty. I'm sun running, as they call it in poker, uh, on pretty much all of my bets. Uh, so it's it's just been a good start to the season. But admittedly, it's been pretty heavily towards luck. Um, and there's been some some dull spots. Uh, I think a freak of freaks has been a a dull spot for all of us. Oh, we're going to talk uh, about Afrika. Oh, we're yeah, gonna, we're going to talk about Afrika. But yeah, their first matchup and last night were both killers for me, despite my overall sun running. Uh, those were really unfortunate. But yeah, overall, it's been an, uh, my best start to a season ever. I think. Josh, what about you? So you you had a you had a takedown last night, right? Or is the night before? Yeah, I have a. <clears throat> I actually typically hate playing uh, early on in the season because it's mostly. Uh, two game slates, especially with it being mostly Eastern slates. Um, but decided to dabble back in with the four gamers starting back up here this week after the weekend of the two gamers and, uh, did pretty well last night. Thanks in large part due to, uh, Vince's suggestions in the betting article as well as, as well as what John was saying in his video last night. So, um, really helpful to be able to, you know, be able to work a whole day job and then lay in bed at night and be like, eh, might as well as be a degenerate and enter lineups. Let me see what <laughs> On how to say, oh, man, and I think I ended up like six xing my entry or nice. some xing. I don't remember. So that was, that was really nice. not not too shabby, not too shabby. Uh, yeah, almost. I've, I've I have been killing it, except for Afrika. So we're gonna lay into them in a little bit. I don't want to open the show on a, on a down note, but they've been like almost all of my losses this season. So I'll be uh I'll I'll be having some choice words for them uh once we get to the LCK. 
Uh, I wanted to open the show up with a listener question. Since we've got a little bit more time, we don't have all these preseason rankings to go through. And obviously, we're still going to be kind of using a lot of our, our preseason reads on these teams in the first couple of weeks. So a lot of that stuff's going to stay fresh. If you haven't, check out those episodes for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll be referencing that kind of thing and talking through it. And then once we get into the swing of things, we'll be able to just kind of blow through these things because we'll know who these teams are. But... That said, I wanted to kind of get back on track with a little bit of an old thing we haven't done for a little while, and uh, that's answer a listener question. We got one from at Big Kev in the esports department Discord, always an active uh, contributor to the show, always uh, pitching listener questions and all sorts of stuff. He wants to know, who is the best jungler of all time? I don't know. We were, we were bouncing this around before the show, and we were like, man, this is kind of a difficult question to answer because... It depends a lot on, on what you consider or like what you put weight on. Do you put weight on success? Do you put weight on, on overall performance? Do you put weight on you know best fit for their team? So we kinda came up with a list of guys that we thought were like in that echelon, like that pantheon of the best ever. But I don't know who wants to who wants to take the floor first on this one? Yeah, we kind of I think to some degree our like definitions or at least the criteria we were using is not always the same. I said to Gelati that for me personally, the guy has to have at least gone to worlds a couple times for me. They don't have to have won or even made like the top four. But for me, it was kind of like a, I, I felt like worlds was the equivalent of making the playoffs in like basketball or baseball where like, it's really hard to call yourself one of the best of all time. If you couldn't even get a team to the playoffs, you know, let alone winning a championship. I don't mind if you can't win a championship because there's some excellent teams out there. But at least making the playoffs, I felt like was important. Or for me, making worlds. Uh, so some names. Uh, the number, the first name that popped out. I'll let you guys talk about some of the other ones. But the first name that popped out to me is Bangi, who, for people that don't know, was on uh, SKT and has three world championships with SKT. And I, I want to say four years total with them, but three, uh, three championships. It's tough not to mention him, uh, even though he was never the star of that team. No one was ever like, man, SKT is good because Bengi is so good. But it's pretty tough not to mention him, at least in, in that top conversation with three world championships. Nobody else is even close. So that that was uh, one person that I think we kicked around. We're not including Wayon in this conversation. We're absolutely not including Wayon in this conversation, Ghost Rider. For those that don't know, we are live streaming this over on the Esports Department Twitch channel. So uh, we're going to try to be doing this a little bit more moving forward. So feel free to come check us out. Uh, we will try to announce ahead of time. We just kind of spur of the moment did that this week. But we're going to be trying to announce ahead of time when we're going to be firing this off live. It's usually going to be Wednesday nights. So, uh, yeah, I think we all agreed on Bengi just because you have to be a certain amount good, even if your team stacked around you to win that many world championships, right? Guy had a long career through a bunch of different meta games. He kind of saw the rise and fall of a bunch of different good junglers and Korea historically has had very, very good junglers. So he was always, he always, Bengi always found a way, right? We talked about this before we came on, but like he had a certain clutch factor to him where he could be like the worst player on SKT for nine months out of the year, and then it felt like every time playoffs rolled around or worlds rolled around and you needed a big play in a big moment, it felt like he was always there to make it. So, you know, whether yeah. or not you believe in that clutch factor or not is, you know, your decision, but he had definitely had some of that to his game for sure. I was just going to say it was real memorable. Uh, we talked about it beforehand, but it was real memorable that uh, at his last Worlds, people were kind of like, you know, they're not going to win with Bengi. Like, Bengi's done. He's not. He's no good anymore. And he had a fantastic Worlds at his last Worlds to kind of, you know, shut the haters up. So, Yeah, I'd agree. So, 
I, I think <laughs> we'll we'll go through at the end and, and put who we think our best is. But do you, is is Bengi your your number one, John? Yeah, I think it's tough not to give it to him. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, I kind of I I picked like my top three. But I I think it's just really hard not to put Bengi there. It's like you have three world championships. It's it's tough to it, it's tough to argue with that. It's kind of like the Tom Brady argument a little bit, right? The League of Legends equivalent of it, where it's like I don't know. It's I mean it's a little bit different, but it's kind of that idea. I had score and Dandy in this conversation too. Uh, Dandy kind of had I want to I don't want to say he had like the short end of the stick a little bit, but he he was very very good for like a like a two or three year period in an era where there was a ton of elite players in Korea and went to China afterwards, after the season four at the Samsung blue team went to China and just kind of toiled. I want to say like toiled a mediocrity, but he was just on a lot of very, very bad teams in China. So I kind of have him in this conversation because I think very highly of him because he was so, so good, like top two with the position for three or four years there. So I had him there. I also had score, but I think score is probably the best actual player overall of all these players. So those are like my top three. And I think there's arguments to be made for, for each of them. Josh, what about you? Who were like your, your, I'm not trying to cop out here, but like, who are you like your big three? So I, uh, I kind of just see this conversation because I'm not, I've only been really following me for like the past couple of years. And I don't think there's been one that's like in the conversation there. So I kind of, I'm just going to kind of piggyback off, off the OGs here and their, their opinions. Vincent, Vincent, John, if you guys haven't noticed, are kind of smart. <laughs> well, all right. So th- here's what's interesting about this. I can pitch this to you. Like if take your sample size, like the last two or three years, who are, who are like, who's in your conversation now, like currently. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the only two that stand out is Yankos and uh, Carsa. Although I will say, part of me feels like if Tarzan drags this LNG team like monster, like you know, two two top four finishes in the LPL or something, summer and and spring, that could be interesting. You mean Icon, right? We're going to talk about them later Icon. too. Yeah, if he drags the courts of Icon the worlds, then. I don't know how you don't crown this man the goat. We're looking for a new person for the Gold Card Podcast. If anyone's listening. <laughs> We're looking for a third to join me and Gelati in the future. So, like, just uh, we'll we'll say a couple honorable mentions, but like, we had a list. I'll say like it's roughly seven people, and then we had like an eighth that we thought was. We had an eighth and a ninth that I'll throw in here just because they were like kind of niche, um, and they were Western players too. So I'll throw those in there, but like. Bengi, Score, and Dandy were kind of unanimous. Clear Love, Carsa, Yankos, Spirit, who was also a lot of people thought Spirit was the best jungler in the world during that during that Spirit Dandy era. Like there was those two were so much better than everyone else. But Clear Love was around in the LPL at that time. Uh, if you want to go in the West, the two guys we mentioned in the West were well, I already said Yankos, but. Back moving back a little bit, Diamond Prox with Moscow Five was maybe the best at his. He was it was arguable that he was the best at his position in season two. There was a, there was a reasonable debate to be had there, and then I'll I'll throw Medios out there because at the time he was he was kind of a trendsetter too. 
hindsight, I don't know if I would put him on this list. Thinking about it now, if I had to do, if I had, if you had to pick an NA jungler that wasn't Medios, who's going on this list? Because to me, it's X Smithy. I think. Man, that's. I mean, I might have to put Medios on there because there was Cloud Nine. The original Cloud Nine was like a team that people thought was, could win worlds. Like they thought NA might win worlds with that team because they were so good. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's hard for me not to give Medios some credit, but he's. I don't want to say he's tarnished his legacy because I hate when people say that, but he's, he hasn't been very good in recent years compared to what he was back then. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Jung- jungle, we, we, we had this conversation and figured out that like jungle and top lane are very, very hard to decide because w- when you think of like mid 80 carry and support, there's like three or four names. Really. It's like two names usually at each position that pop to mind just immediately for mid lane. For me, it's, it's rookie and faker 80 carry. It's like Uzi. And then maybe deft is like a, tier below but like and then support for me it's like it's Mata is is my best of all time but like so, so for those positions I feel like it's easy to point and say best 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 top it's difficult jungle it's very difficult too so definitely it feels like question. we just haven't had we just haven't had multiple years in a row of almost any junglers or top laners like continuing to be dominant yeah like we see the, the Shy is the greatest example, because in 2018, he was clearly the best player in the world at his position. And then he just, like, the next year, he was clearly not. Yeah. Like, at least from, you know, overall performance. And that's it seems like that happens every year with Jungle and Top. Like, whoever is the best in the world. We thought Tian was among the best in the world when FPX won Worlds. He was playing like a monster. Yeah, it hasn't been that great since then. He's been good, but he hasn't been in the conversation for best in the world. You know, it's like that for those, it seems like every year for those two positions. I mean, even Carso, right? Like, Carso was kind of the weak link on top esports last season. And then Worlds came around and he was really, really good. So, yeah, it, it's just weird. Like, it's not even like, to, to me, that's the hardest part to measure about it is that it's it's not necessarily feast or famine, but there's just always somebody new. I mean, two years ago, you would have said Tarzan. Isn't it, isn't it funny, just like as an aside, that, and I don't know, maybe it didn't used to be this way, but like the most common thing you hear when pros or high solo queue ELO players say is like every game's jungle gap, but we can't name the best jungler. Yeah. Isn't that like a funny paradox? I don't know if it's always been like that. Maybe people didn't used to say that, but ever since I've been watching, people have always been saying that. So it's really funny. With the jungle, it makes some sense. Top lane makes a little bit less sense. The jungle makes a little sense because they change it every year. And so it seems like, you know, different people adapt to it better than others every year. And maybe somebody who was really good at the old jungle isn't as good as the, at the new jungle. Top lane doesn't make as much sense. I mean, we've been playing tanks in the top lane for 10 years, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why junglers are like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even if you look at this list, right, like the the all of these guys have very, very characteristic differences to them. So it's like maybe the most varied list in terms of, styles like even if you look at like the mid laners it's like the mid laners you have good players that have like a niche like like a niche style for them like the doinby's the one that pops out to everyone right like doinby's obviously very very good doinby is not rookie and faker good because like it feels like at these other positions for whatever reason like there's a certain amount like once you have a big enough sample size these guys are good in every single meta on every single champion and you just don't really see that as much, or it's more difficult to see with jungle and top lane, I think. So uh, it's, yeah, definitely an interesting question, because I, I think top and jungle are way harder to answer than the other roles are. 
just I also think like longevity wise there's just been fewer like true elite guys that have been that good for that long and I think most of them are on this list so yeah thank you for the uh, question Kev obviously always uh, always contributing to the show always asking the good questions so we mentioned Tian earlier we want to get to a couple I mean I say a couple news pieces it's like two little tiny stories Tian is taking a leave of absence for health reasons. Uh, the piece that I read was uh, translated and made it seem like it was like either stress or anxiety or panic attacks or, or something along those lines that he's been going through recently. And he's going to be seeking help and trying to take some time off to kind of deal with those issues. So obviously we hope the best for Tian. This guy's a world champion. He's a very good jungler. Um, we hope the best for him. But this is a big change for FPX. They've literally never played with another jungler for the last, what, like two and a half years? Three years? It's been three years yet? So this is going to be a big change for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I tend to take the stance of like, I, we've talked about this a few times, but I tend to take the stance of like guys that are coming up from the lower leagues, I tend to view them as probably being about average or better than average for the league because I think that it's easier for a mediocre player to hang around in the league than it is for a younger guy to come up. So if the younger guy is coming up, he's got to be elite at the lower league, whereas there's a lot of guys that can just hang around in the LPL or whatever because they've been around a long time. You know, you see a guy like, you know, who's decent, like, I don't know, cold. who's just been around in the LPL forever and no one's ever been excited about him the whole time, but he just can hang around. Whereas to come up Organizations the, like the known quantity. Yeah, they they like him if he's just solid or maybe he's yeah known quantity, but yeah, to come up from the LDL usually denotes like that you were excellent to some degree or another in the LDL. So I usually have hope for guys that are coming up, and the the two possibilities I think we kind of know who it is, but the two possibilities for FPX um, both seem like they have you know some degree of things to be hopeful about. Yeah, uh, I'm trying. So the only one I saw was Bo, who was on East Star Young. And let me see if they added anybody else. I just assumed that the FPX Blaze jungler was always going to yeah, be a consideration, yeah, that's, at that's least. Probably, that's probably a reasonable expectation. But it seems like Bo. I've seen some pretty stern confirmations that it was that they're saying it's going to be Bo. Yeah, I mean, we say confirmations, but it's like not okay, from the Chris, team. You know, yeah, Chris, Chris, are... and Dwayne have been duo queuing a lot with this person over the past couple of weeks. Eerie timing, coincidence? I think not. So, but I mean. It's totally reasonable that they just bring the LDL jungler up, too. I'm trying to take a peek and see who that is real quick, because I forget off the top of my head. That would be... Beishuan. Not Beishang, Beishuan. Who is the um, FPX Blaze. So now we just hope they don't bring him up just for that reason, because then we're going to have to clarify Beishuan and Beishang all the time. So <laughs> yeah. don't bring him up. Yeah, just bring up yeah. Bo, it's fine. Uh, the other thing is Captain is getting benched. And I, we wanted to mention this because we're not going to be going over any... Uh, what's this? Thunder Talk is... TT is Thunder Talk Gaming. We're not, there's no Thunder Talk Gaming uh, matches on the on our on our slate this week, like this weekend for what we talk about on the show. They play tomorrow morning. And Captain is not getting the start. Twyla is getting the start. So we've seen Twyla before. And this kind of, wanted, uh, this kind of led to... I think the more important aspect of this conversation, which is it's early in the season and you're going to see stuff like this. Sometimes it's a performance thing. Other times 
you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And then still other times, like maybe – so what is what is Thundertalk's problem been this season is that they've just had horrible decision-making in the mid and late game, right? Like they've done, they've done pretty decent in some of these games and then just looked completely lost in the middle of games. Maybe they just want a veteran voice, someone that's that's been an in-game leader before to shot call those situations, and Captain wasn't comfortable with that. Now, I don't think he looked that bad. I think that's that's kind of how this move feels to me. Maybe he needs to take a step back, and they need to tell him, like, yo, like we need to work out a couple of different things. But use this as an opportunity to talk about, like, big picture how you handle roster moves early in the season. So, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of roster moves, and there's a good chance that some of those roster moves are going to be undone, whether it be one game later or five games later that you're going to see the guy who got benched come back again at some point. Um, I wouldn't take it too seriously. And I would assume generally speaking that the, that it's being done for some reasonable reason. Very occasionally that doesn't seem to be the case, but for the most part, like whenever I see, you know, blah, blah, blah gets benched and people are like, how can you bench blah, blah, blah. He's so good. Like there's, there's gotta be some reason behind it. Either the other guy has been playing better overall or blah, blah, blah has got an attitude problem of some kind or, there's some reason for it. So just generally trust that probably like if you're invested in a team or whatever, and they change a player, there's a pretty good chance it's for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, I'll throw it to Josh here, but like, I know we, we tend to slam management and organizations for how they handle this kind of situation. But generally speaking, especially early in the year, these teams are, especially teams that aren't good or aren't expected to be very good. They're just trying to figure out what's working, like what works, what doesn't. They're, they're just kind of like throwing darts at the wall to see what works, right? So how do you tend to handle these kind of things, Josh? Yeah, I think there's a couple camps. So I think you got to separate. Here's a big way or a, a big place where you need to separate the West from the East because um, you got to remember in the West, like there's such a smaller sample size that if they're making a roster move, it's probably pretty significant, whereas in the East they play so, so many more games. Um, and substitutions are just more frequent. You know, rosters are bigger. Um, just in general, it's 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 something that's more normalized over there. So it's definitely something you shouldn't, you know, put too much heat into in the East, especially like Vince said. Um, I would say early in the season and then late in the season once things are decided. Um, I think, and especially in cases in which the team is not a great team. Uh, so, you know, when you have these teams that are, bottom of the barrel and rebuilding anyways, you know, they're just going to take the opportunity to get a look at other guys and, and see what kind of fits best for them, I think, um, in general. And, and even if not, I mean, they may be just doing their players just all and letting them get more film up there, right? So um, you kind of got to handle <clears throat> each one is its own case, obviously, but uh, generally it wouldn't, wouldn't overreact, especially in, in the eastern regions to these things. Um, we'll get to, you know, obviously there's been some higher profile ones that are definitely sparking some discussion, um, but we tend to try to kind of keep grounded on these things and just expecting teams to be making these moves, especially early and late in the season. Yeah. I mean, we might as well touch on that right now. Like the, I mean, like the higher profile one, I think you're talking about is T1, right? So there, there are cases like T1, I, I think T1 kind of are their own weird isolated case because their rosters just stacked. The, they're, they're kind of like Canada and hockey. Like, I feel like T1 could march out their academy team and they'd be, like, sixth place in the LCK or something. Like, maybe better than that. I don't even know. But they have an embarrassment of riches. RNG kind of have an embarrassment of riches a little bit. Like, some of these teams have that, and it's not really going to change too much with if, if they're running subs. So definitely don't look too much into it there. Um, Yeah. So I guess 
we don't really have to say much more on that. We'll talk more about that when we get to the LCK, right? And I think that was all, like, the big picture stuff we wanted to touch on before we uh, dive into these leagues. Anything else on substitutions? Just don't overreact. I think that's the, the, the main takeaway. It's January. Like, it's literally January, people. Like, everyone chill. Be chill. We got nine more months of this to go. So, it'll, it'll all figure itself out. So, and if that – if unfortunately, I mean, I, I know, like, from a DFS standpoint, this is frustrating a lot of the time. But if it really comes down to it and you're not absolutely sure and there's no confirmed roster announcements or anything, like – it might just be a situation where you have to play these slates lighter or divvy up your, your exposure to certain players in a different way, and that's just something you have to account for. And I would think, you know, that's probably more of a skill tester than not, right? Because you're going to have a lot of people that are just jamming lineups just because they want to play, right? Maybe you guys yep, can pitch in on that more. You, can, uh, you know, if they're, a team that's, if they're a team that's in a volatile game that you were thinking about trying to put in your GPP lineups, maybe you skip GPPs and you just play cash games that day. If you're worried, if you're that worried about it, or if you have the bankroll and you're willing to play for the long term, and you think you can leverage a substituted spot because it's going to be lower owned, I mean, people are going to avoid that position if they can help it. So you're definitely getting lower ownership on a guy who's maybe not playing. So if you have a big enough bankroll and you want to take a shot for the leverage, you can try playing that that position. But if you have a smaller bankroll, just don't risk it. Yeah. There's nothing worse than someone coming to me and being like, "Oh, I lost my whole bankroll last night because this guy didn't play." Like your whole bankroll shouldn't have been on the table and yeah. especially shouldn't have been on a guy that we weren't sure was playing. So you just don't make those mistakes and it makes it easier on you. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't make it harder for yourself. Like just, if it's really that stressful and that much of a situation, then either don't play the slate or, or reduce your staking. That's another, that's another thing that you can do in these kind of situations is like play half the stake that you would have normally played on a slate like this. Right. You know, yeah, if, you're playing, gonna... if you're playing, I mean, go ahead, John, if you're, if, if you're playing 5% of your bankroll per slate, just hypothetical example, right? If you're playing 5% of your bankroll per slate, maybe play two or two and a half on, on slates like this where there's a lot of unknowns. So, go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, there's you should not be feeling bad about having variance to your entry fees and stuff. My entry fees are wildly variant based on the slate, depending on what I like and what I want to play. When I look at the slate, sometimes I go like, like yesterday's slate, I go like, man, the ownership is going to be so split on this slate because all the underdogs are viable. Like, I want to play GPPs because if I have the right combinations, then I'm going to get low ownership on those. Other slates, I look at them and I'm like, like two days ago, the two game slate that was that was big favorites. Like, I look at that slate and I'm like, I don't want to mess with GPPs at all. I don't think these underdogs are ever winning. I'm just going to play a whole bunch of heads ups and try to get the right combinations against people. I don't just say like, I'm playing five thousand a night no matter what's going on. Like, it's highly variant on what the things are. Sometimes, literally, some slates I play one $333 lineup. Other slates I play 5000 just depends on what's going on and what I like and where I think the edges are. So don't be afraid to vary what you're doing. If you really feel like you got to gamble, throw one lineup in the $15 and call it a day, you know? Or throw one dollar, one lineup in the $3, call it a day. Yeah, I think that's like a, that's a general bit of advice for basically all of DFS, I think, is, is content. I mean, they say it all the time, and it's like cliche as hell at this point, but if, I feel like everyone always just says it and then they forget about it. But like contest selection is important. Like long term it's very important. So and that that goes back to even you know deciding to play how much you want to play on the slate, not just the spe- specific contest you do play in the slate. Josh. Uh, it's massive. I mean, and that 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 point is just like it can't be overstated enough, especially in League of Legends because of the way that the contests are structured for it being, you know, a next tier sport on draft games. You don't get as good of tournaments, right? You're not going to have, 
you know, your the statistics on it are like, you know, rake's going to be higher, payout percentage is lower. Like they're just overall worse contests in general. And so um, it's definitely important to get the right contest. Like last night I had the same lineup in every contest, but in one $5 contest that had like, you know, 1,400 entries, maximum 78 or whatever, I 4X. And in the other one, I like turned five bucks into 150 because it had, you know, a single entry and had lower. So like it's, it's massive, especially in a sport like this and, you know, where, um, the, the margins are just, are so slim just based on the fact that, uh, you know, less people are playing and, and the contests are generally worse than, you know, your major DraftKings sports. For sure. This could, this could honestly be like a whole like mini show by itself. You guys probably have some evergreen stuff. I don't know if you guys have done an evergreen video on contest selection. I have a bankroll man. I was going to say, I'm sure you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely keep that in mind too. Where do we want to start? We've got all four majors Let's kicking. Just start at the week. top of the sheet because it makes it easy. Yeah. Always well, Occam's Razor John over here. <laughs> uh, LCK week two. So we, we've got a week of LCK, well, a week plus a day of LCK in the books now. And... I guess before we go into the games, like bigger picture, what do we think of the LCK through a week, six days, through six days now? I'll say my biggest takeaway so far is like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know who to credit it to. I feel like it's like something organizational, but DRX has been massively, massively impressive to me. Um, just in terms of the, the ability that they've shown so far. Um, other than that, I know John had a tweet this morning about he thought it was a little bit more top heavy than he initially anticipated. I believe. Um, I think that's that's probably ringing true um, with those top three teams. Like Damwon didn't doesn't appear that they've missed a beat at all. T1 looks absolutely disgusting. Genji looks absolutely disgusting. And then I think I may have been wrong with with my overvalue or with my uh, handicap on HLE. So um, it does kind of seem like it's going to be a three man league, and then those that. Sixth place spot is going to be pretty, pretty hotly contested. I think more hotly contested. I was going to say, I think, I think the four, five, six, seven, eight are all going to be anyone's ball game at this point. Because, like, let's take a couple like the known quantities we talked about from like do, John. Do you first? Do you agree that it's like it looks like it's going to be a three team league? It's like real stratified here. Yeah, I was coming into it thinking that that might not be the case, but at least so far, and keep in mind we're early in the season, but at least so far. Some of the teams that I thought had the ability to make a jump up there haven't looked like they're going to do that to me. Like Nongshim, I thought could jump up there maybe. KT Rolster, I thought could jump up there maybe. Um, Sandbox, even I thought with, with the addition of effort could maybe make a jump. None of those teams have really looked to me like like they're in the process of making a jump up to the Gen G Damwon T1 level. They all look like significantly lower level to those three. So yeah, it feels really very top heavy to me. You're like who? Like I guess of that pack of five or six. I mean I guess we'll just we'll say six because we don't we don't know. Brion's only played two matches. They've looked pretty bad, but they played damn one in one of them, so that's or is that tomorrow? Am I mixing that up? That might be tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Um like yeah, just like that bottom six, like who's looked the most optimistic to you? To, to me it's sandbox. Like I know I know the records like I'm not going by records here. I'm ignoring records. I'm just watching like gameplay. Because like I, I think sandbox have looked pretty optimistic. They look a little bit ahead of schedule. I thought it was going to take this time, this team, a little bit of time to to gel and everything. But they look like they're. To me, they have the potential to be that fourth place team. I, I think so uh, far they're the ones I like the most, but small sample. 
For me, oh man, I gotta say, I've been actively unimpressed with almost all the teams. And I think DRX is the one who has overperformed the most from what we expected. But when I watched their games, I didn't feel like it was because DRX was better than I thought they were going to be. It was because all the other teams felt markedly worse than I thought they were going to be. Um, like the, the DRX matchup so far, like the DRX Afrika matchup was like hard to watch. And then DRX's matchup last night felt a little hard to watch as well. Um, just both sides not playing very well for me. And DRX was the better team on both days, uh, overall, but, um, I've just been markedly unimpressed with the entire bottom of the table. Yeah, I I kind of I wrote about this in in a couple of times actually in my in my you know daily write ups. But DRX remind me a lot of LNG in the LPL last season, where they were good enough that if you screwed up against them, they're going to beat you. But they didn't really ever do anything to get their own advantage ever. So. They were just kind of this team that was there. They were like a bunch of warm bodies. And then if you screwed up, they were like robots that would play out the string and, and they would do the game the correct way. And, you know, we've seen from DRX that they've they've almost thrown these leads back a couple of times. But they're good enough to beat you if you screw up. And that that's kind of always been a hallmark of the LCK in general and why I think uh, I, I tend to put more weight on, on wins over middle-of-the-table teams. Cause all these teams are fundamentally fairly sound. Like, if you screw up against them, they're going to beat you. And no amount of individual skill is going to really matter. But DRX have kind of just been handed a couple of wins, too. So I, like, I'm skeptical to even give them a lot of credit. They've definitely been better than I thought they were going to be, for sure. But, uh, uh, Josh, what, what have you thought about the LCK so far? Well, I was just going to touch on the DRX point because you actually you said that in yesterday's write-up before the game in Nongshim. And I, uh, I didn't actually see games two and three, but I watched game one uh, this morning and it was like hilarious how accurate it was. Because if you remember, I think that game ended like 10 to five in Nongshim one or something like that um, in kills. And the reason was the teams were totally even and kills were literally five to five or maybe five to six. And then there was a fight at Drake and DRX got ace because Nongshim just didn't mess it up. And it was like, I was watching that fight and just like, holy cow. Like, this is, like, perfect exactly what Vince said. It's like, if Nongchim just doesn't mess up, because they were there for us, they had the better position, and then it was like, DRX is just like, uh, okay, I guess we all just die. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was hilarious how accurate your description of that was. So, um, they definitely feel like that to me, but it's looking like that's going to be okay to, to at least compete for a playoff spot. The thing that scares me with them is that, like, APK did this exact same thing last season. Like, DRX look a lot like APK without the cheesy top lane picks that you saw from Ixu, right? Where it was like, okay, this team is good enough to beat you if you screw up. And, like, Afrika clearly screwed up. <laughs> we'll touch on them in a minute. And then, like, Nongshim kind of screwed up in these games, too. So it's like, I... Nongshim have, like, legitimately had, one, like, one win that they've actually, like, led more or less front to back and, like, closed out a lead. All the other stuff has just been like uh, like opponent error kind of thrown to them, so I, I'm I'm even skeptical on DRX. Like they they look better than I thought they were going to look, but I'm I'm not buying this either. So my most interesting thing this season, just a stat or like a, a, a not necessarily a whole team, but like a play style thing. I'm really surprised HLE is out there banging, like they're fighting in their games. Yeah, like traditionally Chovy teams are not 
like go out there and bang teams. Yeah. They're like macro you to death, like win the lanes and macro you to death teams. But Jovi and Deft and the boys are out there banging this season. They have like way higher KPW DPL type stats than you would expect from one of those kind of teams. So they're a team I was ready, I was prepared to never play for the entire year. And they're starting to look like a DFS like viable team so far. So is it? Are you guys curious whether that changes as soon as Stevie and Max get back? Uh, that would be interesting to note. You know. I kind of think that that has more to do. I don't know. I, to me, it has more to do with the not Chovy and Deft players on this team. Like we've seen a lot of, I mean, for lack of better terms, a lot of fuck ups from Vista and 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 company. Okay, so when when they make mistakes, if they're ahead, if they screw something up, yeah, the game can kind of devolve a little bit. And I think we, I think in a couple cases we've seen that. But John, I think you make a good point. Like. Even when that hasn't been the case, they're a little bit more willing to rough and tumble than than normal. I think. Yeah, so, let them bang, man. I love when LCK teams bang. They rarely do, but I let them do it. <laughs> Bang's playing in the. Uh, oh, he's back in the LCK now. There. We go. Um. Well, so I messed that up. Stevie Max isn't isn't the HLE coach. I don't know what I was thinking. No. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah with with Joby, but we're we're I'm, not gonna I'm, we're not even gonna speculate on that situation either because we don't we we gotta wait for the the Kesper rulings and court and all that stuff. So, um. LCK Slate. We've got KT, got kind of two of these teams, two of these middle of the teams. I actually like the LCK Slate this weekend a lot because I think it's going to offer some clarity. And we have a couple dud matchups where it's super-duper heavy favorites, but we have a couple really, really good ones too. So Friday morning, we have KT Rolster against Hanwha Life Esports. KT Rolster plus 136 underdogs. Hanwha Life favored by minus 134. We'll say Hanwha Life minus 1.5 maps is at plus 167. You confident enough in Hanwha Life to, to lay a map spread on this or, or or even lay this kind of money line? Man, you know, I kind of want to to the, on the money line. I kind of want to, but KT Rolster, when I look at their roster on paper, I just really like their roster, and it just has not translated at all to, like, anything happening in the game so far. Um, I probably just end up fading this game, but my first reaction when looking at it was that Hanwha Life uh, seemed like a reasonable bet at minus 164. I'll say one thing I've done a little bit more this season uh, by looking at my stats from previous seasons as a better is I started betting uh, significantly more often on teams that were between like minus 140 and minus 200. I found that that was a spot where I was picking like very My numbers were very good betting in those spots. Um, and so th- those seem like numbers where maybe there's some, there's some good, uh, value to be taken. And it's, it seems like maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking it correctly at that level. So Josh, what do you think on this one? I, so I'm off to John and I hate KT's roster. So I kind of want to, want to bet HLE here, but I, I am with him in the handicap that it does seem like a, like a good line. So, um, Kind of tough. I mean, I, I do think Han was probably worth a shot at minus 164, but I couldn't blame you taking the other side. Again, it just comes down to what you think about these rosters. I mean, KT is is hard to get a read on. They got stomped by Gen G and then played well against Sandbox. So, um, you know, haven't gotten to see too much from them. And then you have HLE, who's kind of been the other side of the coin, where they looked competitive against T1 and then looked bad against DRX. So it's just kind of Kind of uh, two two opposite teams. Yeah. Like, KT's been stomp or get stomped, and HLE's been just like, yeah. So it's it's really really tough spot. 
yeah, I, this feels like a pretty fair line to me. Like, I'm probably going to pass this. Like, I, I, honestly, I'll probably be like KT or pass on this one, but it's more than likely nothing. Because I, I, like, I, I think, I think Hanwa might be the side. And I was, so keep in mind, I was, I was pretty bullish on this in, like, coming into the season on KT Rolster, and I still, I still think this roster could be good. But, yeah, I don't know. This, this is probably KT or pass for me. I could see the logic behind thinking Hanwa's the side, but, we want to see more first kind of situation. Like we want more data points to kind of like figure out where we're at here with them. But this, this is KT or pass for me. Uh, let's see. Next up on Friday, we've got dragon X minus minus one nineteen against sandbox plus 100. Since I wrote this down a couple of hours ago, hours ago, this has moved a little bit closer to even, I, uh, this is sandbox to me. I'm not buying DRX. I'm with you on that. I think uh, I'm going to be betting Sandbox in this one at this number. <clears throat> um, DRX, I, I, I want to see them go a little bit further. Like you said, I think they've mostly been gifted wins that they've won against the big series I point to is that Afrika series because they were down two and a half to 3,000 gold at 15 all, minutes yeah, every all game. three games, yeah. <laughs> and they managed to win two of those games. But for that to happen requires some mistakes from your opponents. And that's just been a, a hallmark for the DRX team so far. So I'm hoping uh, that, that Sandbox will be able to exploit that. I'm going to be on Sandbox on this one. Josh? So here's my thing with that is, like, I feel like you can kind of say the same thing about Sandbox now. Yeah, a little bit. And they're serious against Afrika this morning. I don't know. Felt more like Afrika throwing than, than Sandbox winning. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think in game I one will- especially, yeah. But. I will say this: this these two teams in particular are both teams that I think are overrated this moment for what they are. Um, I think probably both these teams are just getting a little bit too much smoke for how good they are right now. Not massively overrated or anything, but it's unfortunate because you'd like one of them to be overrated so that you get a good bet. Yeah. But it seems like they're maybe both overrated, which kind of evens it back out. I, th- I think DRX are being more heavily overrated, which is why I'm going to be on Sandbox. Like, I think Sandbox are going to be a better team. I think Sandbox have better potential. I think Sandbox, in the limited sample size we have seen, have shown me a little bit more to be optimistic about. Uh, even in losses, like they've been they've been competitive. Uh, not all of them, but what I've seen on film, I like Sandbox more. Like it, completely ignoring the record and the results and everything, I like what I'm seeing from Sandbox more. I'm totally not buying DRX, so. I think like anything up to like minus one twenty, minus one thirty on sandbox is worth a shot here for sure. And if you can get plus money on it, it's great. So Saturday we have Alright. Is it it's it's we have a Freak of plus six seven sixty one against Damn One. I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna talk about this game, right? I'm not even gonna talk about this handicap. I just wanna lay into a Freaka. I think we all wanna lay into a Freaka. I'm just going to let out a unanimous what the fuck for Afrika. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, like that's it. Like, what what the hell is going on with this team, right? You you punt two out of three, and almost the third one, by the way. You almost screwed that game up, too. You almost punt three different, like, two to three K gold leads against DRX. You come out. You'd be like, okay, we shook the rust off. That was whatever they didn't look good in casper cup but you know it's like okay like i don't usually put too much stock into that but maybe there was something to it i was like, okay brian good get right spot and sure enough they smash brian good good right back on track they come in this morning they smash again this morning by sandbox they've lost um, more series 
to bottom. I'll say bottom half. Maybe Sandbox won't end up being bottom half, but I'll I'll just for the sake. They've lost more games in two weeks than they did like all summer long against bottom half teams. There's always a team, isn't there? There's always some team that that just screws you over and over again. And and you watch the games, and you're like, how are you losing these games? There's always a team like that, and Afrika is almost definitely going to be that that team because not only did did I bet their first match against DRX, and in one of my bigger positions. Uh, of my the big, year. This is my biggest position of the season, yes. <laughs> uh, so not only do I bet that and lose, and then I bet them again last night and lose, but then now I have to bet them against Damwon because they're going to be <laughs> plus 761. So the universe is just like, you know, fuck you. Like, you're gonna you're forced to bet a freak of freaks Dude. until your wallet is empty. So I'm, I'm betting a freak. I'm taking the plus 761. <sighs> That's good enough for me. I'm in there. Anybody can lose on any given day. Yeah. Damwon already lost a game, a surprising game this season. So should have lost too. They should have lost both those games to T one. Yep, I agree. And so I'm, I'm taking the shot at seven sixty one. It's just too big. For Afrika. Me. The the thing with Afrika is like as bad as they've looked, the players on this team are good enough. Like this isn't well, at like least beat like for, you know to at yeah. least beat these teams they've been losing to for sure. Yeah, like this line. Are you saying Afrika and like Fred and Brian are the same team? Individually, absolutely not. These are actual players. Any one of, I won't say any one of these players, but like Keen, Keen specifically could absolutely run away with the game. I think Keen's better than Khan. He so could I'm, absolutely I'm run away advantage. with the game. Yeah. Like the only time you should ever think about a number like this, like obviously as the favorites, you need a damn good case too, period. But the only time you ever think about like either avoiding a situation like this is if there's literally Five advantages, like, individually. There's not an edge anywhere, and it's, like, a perfect situation where, like, that team coming off a loss or something. Like, you have to be absolutely damn sure to take a favorite in this spot. And if you can make any case at all for the underdog, it's usually worth at least a, uh, at least a play, especially early in the season when there's, like, you know, they have a whole season in front of them. Like, I could, I could definitely see Damwon nodding off for this game, you know, like, just not, not being checked in. Uh, I, I talked about it for the match. So, Damwon plays Frederick Brion tomorrow, and I wanted to mention this on the show because this is maybe a new dynamic we're going to have for the LCK. I wouldn't rule out seeing subs, even for these teams that we haven't seen subs for in the LCK in the past. Uh, now that the LCK is franchised, that's new this year. The LCK is now franchised just like all really all the other leagues in the world now. They have academy teams, and... That wasn't the case before. Now, a lot of the LCK organizations had systems. Like, they had an academy team in-house. But it wasn't necessarily uh, an affiliate in the actual Challengers Korea League, which is like the secondary league there. Whereas in the LPL, you have... Every LPL team has an academy affiliate, affiliate, plus there's some other extra ones, Right. And in the NALCS, every team and EU, they all, they all have these Academy or EU Masters affiliate teams, right? The LCK, that hasn't been the case. They're separate organizations that are, you know, because they had the relegation system. So now that there's Academy Leagues, it's not just subs. Like, there's a chance we actually see Damwon Challengers. Like, Damwon's Academy team. Like, they could take some of these matches and, like, use it as an opportunity to give some of these players time off because they haven't had time off, essentially, in two years. So, I would not rule that out. That's another reason you might want to take a shot on Afrika in this situation. Is because if you get an announcement half an hour before game time that 
they're just going to run two academy players out or something, and suddenly this plus 761 looks a little bit better, right? I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up because this is a new dynamic to the LCK and hasn't really kicked in that much yet, but it, I think there's a chance that we see that for teams like Gen G and Damwon specifically that there's a good chance that they're just going to the top 3 teams are just going to blow everyone out of the water and they're going to have some time to take matches off like this. So, uh any thoughts on that? Yeah, we could see it. I mean, T1 is going to do stuff like that. I mean, not with their academy team necessarily, but the T1 and some of these teams are definitely going to do stuff like that. Others might not. Um, but this is a chance we see something like that, and there is a little bit of extra added value, but I would just take a free cap plus 761 even knowing the rosters. I just think the number's way too big. Yeah. There's a, I, there's just – yeah, they have good enough players. This isn't this isn't like a generic situation. So, um, God, Afrika are infuriating. Afrika have been like – Almost all of my net, like they're they're literally the sole reason I'm in the red this season. <laughs> like I would I would literally have like a like a twenty percent ROI on the season so far if it wasn't for Afrika. So that's like <laughs> it's been they've been incredibly frustrating for me. So even still, I'm saying that as someone that's just been destroyed by this team, it's probably worth a play. Maybe like something. Maybe you do like half a unit on them to take a map. And then like a quarter or, or or dime or something on on them to win the whole thing outright. So next up we have Fred Brion, team we just mentioned against Nongshim Red Force. So Nongshim Red Force have been like way underwhelming to me. We kind of touched on this already. Uh, struggling to engineer their own leads. They do get credit for figuring things out as the course of the game goes on. They've they've kind of been a little bit like sooning. Like, some are sooning a little bit, where it's like, sometimes it ain't pretty, but they do figure out ways to, to get back in these games and punch back from a deficit and get into it. But I don't think that's necessarily where you want to start. Like, that's not... It's a good thing to have that skill. It's not where you want to be on a consistent basis, and they've done it against... you know They did play damn one, so I, I'm kind of just throwing that match out. What do we think? Like, I, I'm going to probably take a shot on Brion here. Bay has really not impressed me. I've I've been watching him very closely because he was my biggest question mark for this team going into the season, and he has been very bad. Yeah, I was the highest on Nongshim coming into the season, and I'm I'm not as high as I would like to be anymore. Uh, I've, I've dropped them down. Like I said, the bottom like seven teams in the LCK have have not impressed me, and I pretty much dropped all of them down. But Nongshim's definitely part of that list. That said, uh, Fred Brion. Looks like a Jin Air Green Wings to me. I'm not. I'm not taking a shot here um, on anybody. I'm not going to bet anybody here. Yeah, I, I'm not optimistic for them. But I, I, this is more just a matter of like I don't think Nongshim deserve to be laying this much to anybody. Like even Brion. I think see to me like Brion look like they're going to be the worst team in the league. But I'm kind of. I, I don't think I don't think there's that big of a gap between the worst team in the league this season. Like I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a generous situation. So I guess I'm a little more optimistic than you are. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I'll take, I'll take plus plus three hundred on a team that right now they look like the bottom two teams in the league, um, and that could, I mean, obviously it's a tiny, tiny sample so far. We're not talking about a lot of games here, but um, you know, we said for for non or was it for Nongshim that they played DRX? No, Nongshim played. Uh... I mean, Played Dan one, I mean, yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. yeah. And then and then Brion played Dan one tomorrow morning too. So there's yeah, uh, and Brion's played like three of three, two of three first series for Brion is going to be Gen G 
Like they played Genji Afrika and Willow played Damwon. Yeah. So like how good of a read are we really going to get for the team against those three teams who we, who we were pretty high on yeah. coming season, even if we are a little bit down on Afrika after what we've seen. That's, um, that's kind of where I'm at too. So I, I'm definitely going to take that plus 300 of them. I think there's a little bit of value there. I think that's a, a, a good bet, but I definitely understand John's angle there. Just being like, eh, might as well as pass. He's both these teams are part of garbage. Uh, Sunday, we've got KT Rolster against T1 Telecom War version 2021.1. Um, Has the Telecom War gone the way of CLG and TSM? Yeah. Gelati? Yeah. Has, has it officially uh, so gone the, the way of that? For those that don't know, because we have a lot of new listeners, the Telecom War is T1 used to be SKT, which is South Korea Telecom. KT is Korea Telecom. This is a, a an esports rivalry that dates all the way back to StarCraft, the original StarCraft. So this is a 20-plus year rivalry we're talking here, right? And for a long, long time, these two teams, even when KT was bad, even when KT was good, SKT's basically always been good, for a long, long time, these two teams always got up for this game. They always played each other close. Over the last year or so, that has not been really the last like two years. That has not really been the case. Basically, since Score left KT, it hasn't really been the case. So, yeah, I, I guess this honestly looks like a value for T one, doesn't it? T one looks looks pretty good, and T one's my number one team of all time at not losing to bad teams. Like in the ten year history of the organization, they're just like. They just rarely lose to teams that are that are much worse than them. So it feels like it feels like you could bet T one. The T one minus one point five at at about even money has got to be in play there. Um, I don't think I'm going to bet KT. No, you look at you look at something like Afrika versus Damwon, and then contrast it with KT versus T one here. If you're putting, do, do you guys put Damwon and T one like in a similar boat, like and then like the same echelon? Yeah, they're the same echelon for me. You willing to do that yet, Josh? Oh man, <clears throat> God! Preseason. It's up, early. Right? It's early. It's early. Yeah, I know. I guess that, like... I guess that shouldn't change so much. But like, I I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch to say this, but I feel like Gen G have been more impressive. I don't know. I, it's I do, do know, you man. put all three of those teams in like a similar? Yeah, aspect? I mean they're all three. Like if they don't finish one, two, three, I'll be thoroughly surprised. Yeah. So. But, the one though. If you look at Afrika and KT Rolster, like I would say, like similar amounts of of individual player quality. I think is that fair to say? Like roughly, I mean, it's in different positions, but it's I, I think that's fair to say. Or do you think Afrika is better? I'm just I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just not seeing something you guys are. I. I always feel weird. It's like John said the other day, like when sharp people are saying something, like people I know who are sharp are saying something, and I just like completely disagree. It's like I just mean that I'm just losing it or something. But I, I mean, I think Dorn's good and UCAL is good, but like I, I don't think Dorn's better than Keen, and I'm not completely sold that UCAL is that much better than Fly, and then. Uh, uh, man, I'm blanking on the free day to carry it at the moment. Bang. Bang, yeah. Like, so, 
Bang and uh, Bang and Lahens, I feel like, is probably a stronger bottom lane than hybrids do. So, like, I don't know. I kind of just think Afrika is better. Across do, do, you the see, do you see what I'm getting at here, though? Which is, like, compare these prices. It's a similar situation where you have, like, a team that we think should be in the middle of the table somewhere versus one of these elite teams. Like, what – I guess – I mean, really, this is going to speak to, like, a bigger picture thing as we go through the season. Like, what is the price for – you know, somewhere in the middle of the table, LCK team versus one of these elite three. Like, what is the price going to settle on? Because if if there's a 500 point difference between like Africa and KT in similar situations like this, like it feels like the value in this spot, the value is on T1, and the other spot, the value is on Africa, right? Yeah, and I don't even know that the value is necessarily on T1. Although, like, it could be argued. I guess I just I'd pump that back to you, like. Where would this there not be value on T one? Like, would you be betting T one at minus four hundred, minus four twenty five, minus five hundred? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what do you be the fair line here between what you're saying, like one of these top three elites and and one of the next tier down? For me, this is real cusp. Like, if if it was minus four hundred, I'm not betting it. Um, minus three thirty three is like right around where I'm willing to okay. to maybe take a stab at it. Yeah, like to, so, like are the, it to me? It's like fifty to fifty five percent that they. It's probably like fifty-five or sixty percent that they sweep this two zero, with with based just based on how they look so far. Like T T one literally look like they're in midseason form already. It's crazy, and KT look like they could get there, but they're they're kind of figuring it out still. So, just looking at current form, I think T one's probably like sixty percent to take this series, which gives you know there's value on the minus one point five. If that's the case, right? Because it's priced like fifty percent. So, yeah. I this is T1. I might actually lay T1 money line here. I'm going to see if it's stayed put. Yeah, T T1 for me. I think KT could get there eventually, but right now T1 look like they're like – T1 are ready to go. They're, they, they clearly had a very pointed direction in the offseason. They were the good team that got – that didn't make Worlds, and they got to stew with that. This, this feels a little bit like FU mode, right? Like they've been stewing all off season because they didn't get to go to Worlds. Kind of gets yeah, a little narrative, a little narrative streety, but you know, kind of kind of feels a little bit that way to me. Like T one looks like think, they're ready to go. I think in terms of like the the non narrative though, I think and you touched on this in the Discord. Um, Gumiyushi has been like heralded as like the best player on the Korean server, yeah, in so for a long time as an AD carry. And you touched on this, but the meta right now is really playmaking AD carries. So we talked last year all the time about AEC in 2020, like, you know, you're not going to be a playmaker. You're just kind of a function of the environment around you. He and that's it this year. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it still can be the case this year to an extent. Um, but with the way the drafting works at the pro level, it's not really ever going to be the case. Like, you're going to end up probably on on a Kaisa, a Samira, um to a lesser extent, Azaya, but with with Gale Force in general, just that added mechanic of Gale Force, uh, it's made playmakers like a much higher premium, and I think the the value of Gumiyushi skyrocketed because of that, and that just makes T one like insanely, insanely good to start the year, because he is like the outplay god, you know. Gumiyushi has a penta, two quadras, a triple, and three doubles through six games. <laughs> like what the, Like obviously, like. Multi kills aren't they don't define everything, but like that's in six games, guys. That's ridiculous. That's like, like what? 
And and keep in mind, he went against Deft and uh and Ghost and Barrel in those two matches. So kids got it. Uh, I, I like I like no I like no Tiams uh from the Twitch chats analysis. T one's good, KT's ass, that's my analysis. <laughs> I think that's maybe a little jumping the gun on KT, but for the time being I think that's fair. I, I'm I'm all over T one here for sure. Uh where were we? Oh, so still Sunday. Another interesting matchup. We've got Gen G minus two seventeen against Hamwa Life plus one seventy nine. Hamwa to take a game is at minus two oh four. Gen G. Yeah, Gen G's tossing out bangers this season, man. Gen G's looked fantastic. Uh, I'm happy to pay two seventeen for Gen G here. It pains me as the resident, you know, Gen G hater. I'm still Han- waiting. Hanwha Bull and 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 Hanwha Bull. I'm still waiting for Gen Gelati to come back. <laughs> One of these days, the Gen Gelati curse is coming back to life. You know, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's gonna be anytime soon. This is it. This is the time. It's it so innocuous. Be, yeah. It always it's always when it feels so innocuous. That's what happens. But that plus one fifty two on the minus one and a half, I mean, it really does feel like what do you guys okay, here, here here's a good way to reformat it. What do you guys think you'd place the odds of the top three winning the split at? Like between the top three, do you think they make up like eighty percent winning the, winning the split? I think yeah, it's more right. than eighty like significantly yeah. more than eighty percent. Ninety percent probably. But it's just crazy. Like that means the maximum that any other team could have is ten percent if everyone else does zero. Yeah. So realistically, the, the chances, you know, just to kind of point out like how much of a difference it looks between these three teams and the rest of the league. Like that minus one and a half plus one fifty two looks phenomenal here. And you're not going to get Genji minus one and a half plus one fifty two any other time the rest of the season unless it's against like. T1 or damn one, and you're not going to want to take it then. Yeah, I, I kind of think that, and I rarely do this because I don't think this is how you should treat markets in general, but I, I really do. That touches on a good point, which is that if we think these these top teams are going to be that stratified, like obviously they're going to they're going to lose games. They're not going to go. They're not going to be completely invincible. But like, if we think that these top three are going to be that stratified for the rest of the season. Get get in now. Like this is like buying a stock cheap, right? And I rare, I like I said, I don't like to treat markets like that, especially sports betting, because like I don't think it necessarily always works that way. Because early in the season, a lot of times some of these teams aren't aren't in their best form. Uh, early in the season, the game is the least balanced that it's going to be most of the time. So there's like higher variance earlier in the year, less motivation for these guys to be good earlier in the year, but. If you think that's the case, like this is the best price you're going to get Genji in this situation, probably the rest of 2021. So, I rarely like looking at it that way, but I think in this case, like with how stratified it looks, I think a couple of these middle of the table teams are going to solidify themselves as like that four, five, six range, like clearly better. Like right now, it's probably going to end up being like Hanwha, Sandbox, KT. If I had to guess, maybe Afrika did once they stop fucking around i don't know what they're doing but uh i think eventually these these middle of the table teams are going to get there they're going to get better but yeah give give me how have too many holes man like chovy and deft have been good we've seen some good performances from like the old carryovers from hanwa but like there's just been too many mistakes especially a jungle and support and i think you can't you just can't do that against good you can't screw up against these good teams period they're just they're too good Give me Gen G on the money line. I don't even care. I'll I'll all day. It's Gen G money line for me as well. Yeah. 
Um, okay, that's going to be it for the LCK. That'll be week two in the LCK. A couple interesting matches for sure. Uh, we have a really big one tomorrow. We've got uh, was it T1 and Dan Wan tomorrow morning. Or T1 and Gen G tomorrow. Yeah, T1 and Gen G. So, actually, we have all three of the Titans playing tomorrow because Dan Wan plays Fred Ibrion tomorrow. <laughs> um, less exciting than the other match. LPL week three. We are already in the midst of it, but Friday morning, we have Rare Adam laying 233 against Billy Billy, plus 169. Billy Billy, do you take a game? Is at minus 217. So... I think we all have heard my case for Rare Adam a bunch already this season, but I'm going to be on Billy Billy here. I, I think these two teams are very similar. Rare Adam's pretenders. Pretenders for me, boys. I should have knock-knocked this, and I didn't. <laughs> but for me, Rare Adam are pretenders right now. They might they might get better, but I think Sunning are also pretend, pretenders, and so when Rare Adam beat Sunning, I feel like that gave people a lot of faith in Rare Adam. But since I already thought that that Sunning were pretenders, it didn't add any faith for me. And I wasn't impressed watching the games this morning between Rare Adam and Sunning. And then in the first series of the year, obviously it was a tough matchup against a, a comeback TES team that really wanted to win. But they got pretty smashed in that matchup. So uh, I think I, I like Billy Billy Moneyline as well. I'm yeah, with I, you. I think these two teams the- are about even, right? Like, I think that's fair to say. Maybe you give a slight edge yeah, one way or the other. I don't think but- Billy Billy's been that good this season either. Uh, but I think these teams are pretty close to about the same point in the table that I would expect them to be at. Yeah, I think this is yeah. I think this is just value, Billy Billy. Like I, 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 I think Rare Adam are better, but not by much, and definitely not by this much. So Billy Billy, knock knock. Who's there? It's the bad news bear. Billy Billy is the same old Billy Billy we've known forever, and every year they're going to be better. But they still haven't changed. So see, we just got to stop betting on them. You know? Are you on Rare Adam here? Or are you passing this? IG looks to be reform. And it might just be the Billy Billy is the new LPL team. I just never bet on their games at all. Any side. Regardless. Because it just leads to pain. <laughs> and lots of money. They're the Afrika. I'm already memeing Perfect. Afrika. We're three games into the season. Like, <laughs> We're six for days me, into the LCK season. I'm already memeing a freak, dude. For me, I'm just I just can't touch Billy Billy. I just I can't do it anymore. I'm I'm just sick of them. Okay. They've just been this to me for too long. Where it's like every game, I'm like, man, Billy Billy's undervalued, and then they're just like, yeah, but we still suck, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for telling me that before I placed the bet, guys. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't do it anymore. I got you. I got you. Um. This is a good one. Friday morning as well. We've got EDG against JDG. EDG plus 110 against JD Gaming minus 145. We'll say EDG to take a game at minus 286. So, yeah, this is an interesting matchup. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how John's going to be on this because he was kind of excited about – I don't know. He was more excited about EDG, but he's also like a JDG truther like through and through trying to decide if I should knock knock this one. I think I'm going to hold off. JDG is going to going to win this match, I think. You think so? Uh I am well, for one thing, Yigao's back. <laughs> Hello Yigao. How are you doing? How's it going, Yigao? Uh I I think JDG is going to win this match. E- EDG, I'm pretty I am excited about them and their overall prospects this season. Like I think they're going to be better than they were last season. Um but JDG Gaming is I mean, they're playing their old roster now. Like this is 
they're playing the old version of this team that I thought was going to win Worlds not that long ago. I was much more worried when it was ZA because I thought ZA sucked every game that he played. And I was very worried that they were replacing Yigao with ZA. Um, I, I think JDG is going to win this, and I'm definitely betting minus 145. I do think EDG is going to be a top six-ish team in the league, and I think they're going to be battling. But I think JDG at the moment is a, is staying a top two or three team in the league. So I think this is enough for me. Have they officially announced that it's going to be Yigao? You just, you're, you just think it's going to be? We won't get rosters for this until the day before. tomorrow afternoon. We'll get. Oh right, yeah. So, um, so like, all right. Well, let's let's break this down two ways then. Like, if this is ZA, I have four ways to break this down actually. For go this for it. So, John, I'll just go with you because we're opposite sides of this. You were you're a little bit lower on EDG. I was obviously I think I was the highest on EDG. But okay, so Gory versus GA. Who are you taking in the series at these odds? Wait, who? Gory versus GA in the mid lane. Gory? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which Gory is on Edward Gaming? Yeah. Yeah. He's the, the T1 prospect that they signed in the offseason. Yeah, you're, you're assuming that he's playing for this matchup? Just I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, man, that closes it up a little bit. I think I would still bet JDG even with ZA, okay. unfortunately. Scout, but Scout it, versus it, GA? Scout versus ZA, I probably hold off. Okay. Like it's, it's enough. I don't think the 145 is huge value. I think it's it's light yeah. value. So then, ZA playing would 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 erase my slight value. And then Yigao versus either EDG, you'd be taking. Yeah, if it's Yigao, then then I think this is good enough for me. Okay. Because it's not just ZA either. Like it's also the fact that I, I think that this team plays well together. I think Yigao plays yeah. well with their bot lane. And and ZA is off in a whole other different universe as far as I'm concerned. So it's not just that like Yigao is so much better than ZA. It's also about the way the team functions when he's there. And that well, that, it, mu- it, that it, might it, end it, up changing with time too. Like if ZA ends up getting substantial reps with this team, like over the course of this year, that could end up being like ZA could eventually end up getting some synergy with these guys and looking a little bit better. But for the time being, I agree with you, John. Like he looks a little bit out of place. And I feel kind of similarly about, like, if they said that they were going to start Mystic for this matchup instead of Loken, I would probably lean off my bet, even though I think Mystic and Loken are about similar quality 80 carries. Um, I think that Loken's played with the team for long enough and has enough, like, synergy with the team that I feel a lot better with him in there at the moment. The very first match that Mystic plays, I'm not going to be super excited about. about Like, I, I think I, I have to lower their value in my mind, even though I think Mystic and Loken are equal or maybe even Mystic's better as pure 80 carries go. Oh, this is a tough one. I kind of think this is a fair price. It's, I'm going to have to look at it more, but I, I'm probably going to wait for rosters. I, I would lean EDG, but this is probably a pass for me. I kind of think, like, they look pretty good right now. JDG, I, I don't know. I kind of put these two teams as even. I would just take the money, like, wherever the value is at, like the money line. That's where I'm at. Dog. Yeah, like. I have these teams two and three. I think they're pretty close, and I'd, I'd take the. The plus money. If JDG was the underdog, I'd take JDG. If this was like even money, like like quite literally a coin flip, I maybe I would take some JDG. I think they're close enough that you just you'd take the plus money in this spot. But I can totally see the reasoning for JDG as well. Saturday we've got oh man, we got a a, a real thriller here. We've got top esports minus seventeen hundred against JDG plus seven hundred. LGG. Like all right, so. 
I will say this. LGD have looked better than I thought that they would. Garvey has not just been a dumpster fire at 80 carry. He's had a few awful games. He also had a couple standout games. Colt had a couple decent games, too. They've been better than I thought they were going to be, but I also kind of get the feeling that this is, like, the best we're going to see this team all season. So, I don't are – you, are you messing with this? Did Top get their wake-up call with um, – did, did Top Esports get their wake-up call opening the season with two losses and they're just, like, they're just on now or what, what's the deal? Man, I, I have a hard time passing up that 700 Same. in the LPL. That's pretty tough. Dude, um, top just I – mean, they, they people have written the book on how to beat them. So, top Esports is almost certainly going to win, but I, I still might end up with a half a unit or something on LGD yeah. just because – 700 is a large number. We Every season, we see at least, you know, eight of these, like, upsets go the wrong way when they shouldn't. So I, I might have to take it at, at, at seven. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not committing to betting on that one yet, but it's definitely something I'm going to consider. I think LGD to take a game is worth, like, a small wager. Just like uh, – they. I do you agree? Like, they've been a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. I thought this team was just going to be a complete train wreck. Well, considering they don't even have Kramer yet, like they're just playing with Garvey down there in the bottom. Garvey's been Garvey had a couple, like he had like two games where he was pretty good. Yeah, he had a couple games where he looked god awful. But the fact that I've seen the the fact that I've seen anything good from him at all is shocking to me. Yeah, I have made some money on the minus one point five against LGD, Uh, but uh, that's you know Garvey hasn't been he hasn't been the worst. He hasn't been as bad as you would expect. Yeah, and I mean Colt's been pretty good too, but. LGD, we always talk about early season underdogs, and like this is the most prepared these teams are going to be. But like, LGD feel like the team that they're going to look like they might look okay for the first couple of weeks, and then it's just going to go south real fast. And I don't know that if that a, starts here. That's like a team archetype that yeah. happens every season. There's always at least like one or two teams that come out and get some big upsets at the beginning of the season, and everyone starts rating them, and then they just fall back. Yeah, and they're just th- this team's not good, right? This is no, the worst team in the LPL, right? Yeah, probably. Them or, like, maybe Thunder Talk in their current form. Because, like, OMG, as bad as they've been, they've at least shown some signs. OMG's looked all right. Yeah. I talked about that in my video. Like, they're not going to win the league, but they looked all right. They look kind of like DRX a little bit, and, like, if you screw up, they'll beat you, right? Like, Aki's been pretty good. The bottom lane's been good. Like, they are what we thought they were. You know, OMG are very much what we thought they were, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I think LGD have like seventeenth place potential for sure. They've looked okay so far, but I, I really don't think that means anything. Uh, this is like I'm not even gonna put it on the money line. This is like top. This is like LGD to take a game for like half a unit, and that's it. Like I'm not even gonna put a little bit on the money line. Maybe I should. I don't know. I almost not, always not. do in that case. Who's there? I, it's the hot take. I don't know if we want to go hyena, hippo. I don't know. John, you let me know. You change it every time, man. You got to change it okay. every time. Okay, okay. We're going to go hot take hyena. Uh, Top Esports isn't losing another series the rest of the spring split. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. So uh, we're not betting on TV here. Maybe to take a game, I guess. To take a no. game, yeah. Like, they're not losing. There's no way they lose this series. Yeah. Like, I would. But they're not losing the rest of the split, so. Oof. That's a lot of take. Maybe I'll take you guys on the G6, you know? (laughs) 
second mortgage on the top money line just to collect the ROI on there, right? Whatever, whatever it is, like was it eight, well nine played. percent or whatever? Twenty-seven unit well played. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, next up. Oh, we. Oh, this is a good one. Um, interesting. So we have FPX minus one ninety-two, Sooning plus one forty-seven. This is actually going up. Just like naturally from the days going over the week, like the books take some of the juice out a little bit at a time. But uh, this line is not moved at all with the TN news. Knock, knock. Who's there? Is this just the stick we're doing now? God damn it. That's my new thing now. Uh, this is the don't do it dragon that's knocking at the door. And I know you want to bet Sunning because you heard that, that TN is gone and that FPX is going to suck now because somehow, you know, it's going to completely change them and they're a bottom tier team now because TN's gone and Sunning was in the finals last year. And this is just value city. There's going to be at least one or two other touts for these other sites that are going to be telling you to bang Sunning right here. I guarantee it. They're going to be telling you to just smash Sunning super hard. Don't do it. That's why I'm the don't do a dragon because I come here to tell you don't do it. FPX is going to win this series. Uh, I'll be betting FPX money line and minus one point five. Okay, so you're way more on that. So I, I was, I was considering tuning even before that news happened. I think FPX is a better team. I don't think they're that much better. So, I think Sunning's like an eighth or ninth place I, team. I will say this: here's what's interesting is that I think stylistically, if this was like the original FPX lineup, I do think that stylistically speaking, they are exactly the kind of team that you attack Sunning with. Like Sooning's problem has been that they ju- they just refuse to play through mid jungle. They just won't do it. We saw that this morning. That's why they lost the series this morning. Was that they just refuse to make anything happen on the map when they have an advantage in the mid lane, right? Or even if it's neutral in the mid lane, they will not force action. They will either continue farming or far or they'll they'll just sit there and wait for you to screw up. They did this a lot during summer too, right? And you can get away with that to some extent. I think it's fine if you're playing one of these hyper Kyrie junglers, but if the other team is playing either, the, the problem with this is now everyone's hip to it, right? Sooning had their stick; it worked for them, it worked for their worlds. They got some people in summer with it, and SOFM is just like a super efficient jungler, so he can kind of like just outrace people at, that try to match him doing this kind of thing. But people have kind of figured out that if you just beat them to objectives, they won't contest them. That's um, that's what I was gonna say is that it's their objective rotations have been so bad. It's been either they've been non-existent. They, they don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's either they just give up like the objective and they're just not gonna fight for it at all. So you just get the dragon for free, or they're late to rotate and they just lose a fight because they're out of position. Like yeah. one of those two things has happened with almost every objective for Sunning uh, this entire season so far. So what's interesting about this is, so I backed Sunning against Top Esports in, on the first day, right? Similar price. And my, my logic there was that, like, top sort of do the same thing. Like, top have different issues. Top, I think, are more draft-oriented issues than specifically this. But, like, if you have a team... the the, the pro To me, the pro-FPX case, regardless of who's jungling, is that Dwayne B is not going to do that shit. <laughs> like, Dwayne B is going to be there for the play. He's going to contest the play. He's probably going to be the first one there to do it, right? So stylistically, this is a bad matchup for Sooning. To me, this was just like a price thing. Like, I have these two teams, like, I have FPX as a better team for sure. But was Sword Art pulling the trigger for this team? Is that what we're learning here, that Sword maybe? Art was the guy who was pulling the trigger? I, I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit of it takes the LPL 10 years to figure anything out. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, go ahead. Come at me, haters. I know people are going to hate me for that. But, like, this league, oh, I guess I'll take 30 seconds aside. The LPL, for whatever reason, most of the teams in the LPL are, like, in their own little practice bubble. They're just doing their own thing, and they get good at their own thing. And that's good for certain things. That that gives them – they're very highly specialized. They figure out whatever it is that they're good at, and, they're, and they figure it out. And it's almost like no one in the LPL is watching anyone else's film. And that's been the case for, like, five years now. I-, I swear it's like nobody is watching what's going on in these games. It's why E-Star was able to be so good for, like, the entirety of Spring Split doing the same exact thing over and over and over again. It's like no one watched their film, and, ever- and they get up and play them. and they're like, oh, man, wow, that's crazy. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Have you not been watching these teams all season? So I think, finally, maybe it took Worlds, I don't know. Maybe it took a good run in summer and a good run at Worlds for the world, like the LPL, to finally pay attention to Sooning. But now people have looked at it and been like, oh, if you just go to a place. I think, what did Clement, Clement like, compare? He was like, this isn't Liam Neeson, right? He was like, this isn't Liam Neeson. They're not going to come hunting for you. They're not going to call you. They're not going to kill you, right? He was, he was joking about this on the cast. Like, if you're just there, they're, they're going to, they're like a shitty version of G2. Like, they're just going to try to pull you around the map with goofy split push shenanigans. Bin can get a lead and hard carry a game or smurf a game. Juanfan can get a lead and hard carry smurf a game. The angel we saw at Worlds is not angel, right? Stylistically, I think this is a bad matchup, and I think that is the case you make against Sooning. Or that is the, the case for FPX more than I think overall quality, right? I think um, FPX is just way better. I think they're like a better team. Basically, except for maybe eighty carry. I took I took some Sooning here, but I didn't, like, pile on. Like, I, other people are going to tell you there's a sub, they haven't played with a new jungler, and they haven't played a different jungler in three years. It's going to disrupt some things. I don't think it's going to disrupt enough to make it overwhelmingly a big difference. I think it'll make a difference, but to me, this was, like, uh, this was like going to be a small position on Sooning anyway. And this there's is an argument kind of like for an me added that FPX is just better. Yeah. No, like, no. TN's been playing that well lately, and like I said, yeah. I like people that are coming up from the lower league. So, and they've been practicing with them. Yeah, like this isn't going to be their first time playing with whoever. Yeah, this isn't like an emergency situation. Together. So, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I'm I'm not. This isn't like a this isn't like a slam dunk like 50 unit hammer play on Sooning because there's a substitution. I was going to play Sooning for like a half stake before this happened because I thought the number was good enough for me personally, but. Yeah, so just I just wanted to put that in context because this I'm not playing Sooning because of the substitution. I was going to play Sooning beforehand anyway. But no, going into this, that stylistically this is a bad matchup for them. I just think they're capable of stealing games. We saw them beat we saw them beat Top Esports already. That's not a joke, <laughs> you know. Even if Top wasn't in form, that's that's not an easy thing to do. So and FPX for what it's worth, I don't think they've been like perfect either. We've seen some. They haven't really lost a game for it yet. I guess you could make an argument they lost that game three. From a miscommunication, like Nogari going in on Aatrox. Do you remember? Uh, who was that against? I don't remember now. But they've had a couple situations where, like, Nogari's teleported and, like, nothing's happened out of it. Or, like, Nogari's teleported to, like, a, the wrong spot. Like, it hasn't really cost them a game yet, but, like, you can still see that they're figuring things out. I think by season's end, this team's going to be insanely good. Because if they're having these kind of hiccups now and they can hammer that stuff out, they're going to be nuts by the end of the season, for sure. So, I could see the case for FPX, I guess. So... Um, FPX, I think this team I was most wrong on. I thought Nuggery wouldn't make that big of a difference, but it just seems like, so FPX we know is just like always been a, a really good, like 
team fighting, but not not necessarily like a full five v five, but like they they move as as one unit type thing across the map. Mm-hmm. Now, while getting a new jungler can definitely throw that into flux, Nuttery has really, in my opinion, only enhanced that, and that's yeah. something I definitely discounted his ability to do um, on this team. I would say, like for my my recent thing about top, like this is the team I'm most scared of for them losing to. I think I think FEX is is like way way higher than I I previously ranked them. I think they're up there top four, probably fourth in my in my like revamp power rankings. Obviously, we're working on small samples, but just judging off their play, they've looked way better than I anticipated them looking. I thought they'd have some growing pains. I thought a lot of things we saw last year would be evident, but. Kind of looks like they flushed a lot of that. Now, now definitely what you're saying about the jungler can, can change that for sure because this is a team that definitely relies on heavy communication, like you stated, um, and that can certainly change when you have your jungler different, especially a veteran like TN. But um, for me, I, I'm I'm definitely going to be on them in this spot. Um, I think the minus one and a half at, at almost plus 170 here is really good. A suiting team that I don't think is, is, is that great. Uh, I, I think right now if I had to rank them, Sooning would be somewhere probably between like eight to ten fighting for the playoffs, and FBX is is pretty safely in around probably the three to four range in, in my new power rankings. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's totally reasonable. I, I will say, it's a good thing for FBX that like if they've they've shown a couple of weird hiccups kind of situations and they haven't lost games because of it. Besides that, the game three that was like the only time it really was a game ender. But like, if they're winning games anyway. Imagine what they're going to look like when they're like sharp, you know, like when they're in form. So that's a that's a good case for FPX for sure. Next up, we have a much less exciting but likely very bloody game between Rogue Warriors and Victory Five on Sunday. We've got Rogue Warriors plus one ninety three against Victory Five minus two seventy. Rogue Warriors to take a games at minus one fifty two. <laughs> so Rogue Warriors, I'm I'll, so Victory Five. We'll keep the handicap here simple. Victory 5 look like more or less the same team, like in a good way. They're still a very, very good up-tempo team. Uh, Mole's just a crazy playmaker. They they look good. Victory 5 look like they're a good team. I think we were all maybe a little bit low on them, but they look like they're going to be a good team. They're going to be a playoff contender for sure. Uh, Rogue Warriors <laughs> upgrade at four positions, and it's shown, I think, but they also still like the frustrating thing with Rogue Warriors is like I'm seeing good things from this team, but it's not all there yet. Like they're 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 not making so many of the dumb mistakes like at all times that they would make in previous iterations of this team. They're still making a lot of dumb mistakes, but you're starting to see this kind of hone in a little bit. And I I kind of wrote on them the other day like I, they're like almost there to me, and by almost there I mean like they're almost like. I'm willing to move them into like a mid tier. They're not there yet, but they do have better players now. And I think over time that we could maybe see this team be a little better than we've seen so far. That said, victory five is kind of a tough out. Like I, I think, I think victory five have a good chance of just running this game over. What do you guys think? It's going to be a no bet for me. Probably. I would consider the victory five minus one and a half. I don't think I want to go to the money line at two seventy. That's a little heavy. Um, Rogue Warriors feels capable of stealing games from people, but I, I don't think their chance of winning the series is good enough to go to one ninety three. So it's a pass for me. Josh, 
Rogue Warriors is the uh, LPL equivalent of CLG for me, so I'm just going to lose money all year betting on them. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, just, I know it, and I can't stop it. Their odds are just always too good for their play style. I like, always think they're going to seal it, and then they'll look like it for, like, you know, 20, 25% of the game to start, and then they'll just do something atrocious in the mid-game and throw it or late-game and throw it. And yeah. I'll lose money, and then I'll just – Wake up the next day and be like, "Hey, Rogue Buddy plus two hundred, let's go!" And you know, rinse and repeat. I'm seeing there's more bright spots for this team than there were at any point last year for me. Like through a couple series so far. That said, they're still not they're not there yet. I do think that like this is a team that you should keep an eye on, like a real close eye on, because if you start to see more like systematic approach to the game, I do think they could actually be pretty good. Like not, they're not going to win the league or anything like that. But they could be a team that could beat these middle of the table teams, like with more consistency than I think we would have given them going into the season. So they're not just going to be this like flailing barbarian punch up underdog thing that we always talk about. Like I think they could be a little bit better than that. But I'm still kind of in like wait and see mode for them. I I would honestly consider playing victory five on the money line here. I think victory five are actually pretty good. So yeah. Ah. Oh. The next one up, we got a, a battle of two of John's favorite teams. We've got this LNG. This is my favorite matchup of the whole weekend. This is Go an ahead. interesting one. It's an interesting match. So we have LNG plus 196 against Team WE at minus 270. We'll say LNG to take a game is at minus 172. Yeah, this is this is my favorite matchup of the whole weekend. I think this one's really interesting because LNG is a team that we said had ceiling and so far has looked very good. WE is a team that I think we all thought was going to be very good to some degree or another, and they haven't looked quite as good as maybe we thought, I think. So you have like a team that we estimated to be a top team that's underperforming a little bit and a team that we said could be really good that's looked like they might be really good. So, I mean, this is two undefeated teams here, uh, at least for the moment. Uh, I think this is a really, really interesting matchup. I'm The consideration for me is actually LNG minus one and a half. Uh, when I have a close matchup like this, if I'm getting 520 on a minus one and a half, it kind of feels like I'm not really sure what's going to happen in this match, but both these teams seem like they at least have the potential to be very good. So five and a, five uh, twenty feels good enough to take a shot at a minus one and a half. If one of these teams wins, there's a pretty good chance they're going to win it two zero. So uh, I, I think that's the only bet I'm considering from this matchup, but I'm very excited to see this match either way. I'm going to be on WE here. I'm not buying LNG yet. They could be good. I need to see more. I'm not in, I'm not in yet. I'm just not in yet. They haven't, they, haven't, they haven't done enough on their own. I'll say that. Now, like, like John said, WE haven't looked quite as sharp as we've expected them to. They've been winning games, but it hasn't been. I think Joe Meng in, in, in particular has been kind of – I mean, he's played, like, really his, like, worst couple of series in a calendar year, right? Because even when this team was, like, middling last year, he was just, like, nails every single game, it felt like. Uh, maybe this style of 80 carry doesn't quite fit him. That's I mean, there's something to be said for that, right? Like, Joming made his hay last year playing playing your your Ophelioses, your Ezreals, your, your, like, all that kind of stuff, right? The Samira Kaisa angle's much different. It's a different look. It's a different play style. And maybe he's just taking some time to adjust it, but he's he's been kind of a liability in a few of these games. So I could see the case for LNG for sure. Josh, where, where are you going to be on this one? <clears throat> I 
Mid-gap LNG. Take it to the bank. Thank you. Uh, what 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 will you do if Icon wins MVP this split, Gelati? I'll shave my head. <laughs> okay, I'll shave my Gelati. head. I'll put it. I'll put Gelati. it on the record here. If Icon wins MVP this split, I will shave my head. I'll record okay. it. I'll record it. It'll be it. encapsulated in YouTube history forever. As a matter of fact, maybe we'll do a giveaway and I'll like send a hard drive with it, with the video on it to a bunch of different people or something. Uh, we'll, we'll... If you, you put it on a video and we'll make it a non-fungible token. Oh, yeah. That, no, uh, yeah we have to make it. shots related website. <laughs> Next, move forward. We don't need to get into this. We're not this. going into this side time. Maybe this is for a sign-off. <laughs> All right. Uh, LEC opening week. All right. The final major to kick off. We've got so the LEC, not fun, but that's going to kill me the rest of the show. Just, just, just what one second. That's the name just, of the show. That's yeah. Just, just one second. <clears throat> the current leader among mid laners, uh, actually, I'll, I'll float this to you. From from the sample we've seen, do you agree that Icon has played better League of Legends than any other mid in the upcoming so far? Obviously, tiny, tiny, tiny sample. I mean, off the top of my head, yeah, he's been he's been a lot better than he was last year. But I don't know if I'd call it the best. He's up there. He's in the conversation. Yeah, I have a hard time like putting them side by side in my yeah, mind to try to compare who's doing it better. But he's definitely up there. He's had a great season. I wouldn't. I, yeah. I would have to look at it more to say if it was the best or not. I know. I know we meme on the on the guy a lot, but he's he actually is like he's been good. He's leading mid laners in in KDA right now so far. Um, in the LPL, but it, and he has like an eighty-four percent kill participation. Like that's absolutely insert, uh, absurd, unheard of from a from a fantasy angle, mm-hmm. nonetheless. But uh, we we meme on him all the time. But honestly, he's he's putting together a resurgent season so far. So I'd, I'd love to be able to see him continue. Continue. I think Light has been really good too. I've been really impressed with Light so far this season. Yeah, Light, Light. Honestly, Light and Iwandi have been really, really good. Um, they kind of put the. I mean. You could question the Invictus bottom lane all you want. I think it's fair to question because they've had some problems, not just against that team, but I mean, Light and Iwani in that pop off series. Like you, I talked about this a little bit. If you've played League of Legends, you've experienced like Tristana or Jinx getting three kills early off of like three killing blows, and that the game's just over at that point. If it sucks, it's a shitty feeling, right? I don't want to say it was like all luck because like they legitimately just destroyed that that bottom lane like and they did it back to back games. They've been good almost every single game. I said going into the, we all agreed like going into the season like that was like they were good last year on a bad team. Like the bottom lane for LNG was not a problem for them, so it was just a matter of everything else, right? And so far, like they've kind of looked like the optimist, like the bull case. Like LNG have looked like the bull case so far. My my only thing is it's the same kind of thing that I'm having an issue with with like DRX, right? Obviously I think the upside is better here, but they haven't had to do a whole lot on their own. They've just kind of had teams throwing to them, which is like my which is why I'm in kind of like I need to see more. Like I'm there. I'm ready. I'm ready to believe in this team, but it I'm always skeptical of teams that have gotten there from teams other teams screwing up more often than not. So this is like I feel like you just have to. At some point, we got to get on board with these guys because they got natural coming in in the top lane too. Yeah, that's and true. I think that's a really big upgrade for them as well. So if if they continue to look decent, and then natural comes in and replaces Makuya, who I think is clearly the weakest player on the team right now, 
I don't know, man. This team, maybe maybe we were uh, wrong to not consider them that they could be in that top six battling it out. If, if I mean, we, we kind of said they had high ceiling, but yeah, I don't know. This team might be going somewhere. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly open to it. I'm just not buying yet. Like, I'm so just to bring it back to this series before we get too crazy, like too off off on a tangent here. Like, I would I would lean toward we, but I'm probably not betting this. I'll put it that way. Like, I'm I'm respecting LNG's like showing so far enough that like I'm probably not betting this. Like, I'm I have enough respect for them in that case. So I just want to see more before I'm like backing them entirely. Now, if this number goes up anymore, yeah, I'm probably going to have some LNG because it's getting a little ridiculous at that point. So, LEC opening week. So, the LEC is moving to three games a week now, or three days a week. It's just going to be a lot more work on Fridays for me. (laughs) um, So be it. It's better for us. We get three five-game slates in the LEC per week. Way better. I think it's way better format for DFS, right? We're going to get an extra day of of five-game slates, and we love five-game slates. There's going to be a lot of work on the weekends. Yeah, a lot of a lot of games <laughs> to go through, a lot of slates to make lineups for. Um, yeah, you're gonna have the LEC and LCS both running three days a week, which is gonna be pretty sweet. I wonder if we're gonna get some like probably get. We, are we gonna get like crossover slates? Probably I don't think not. So. But that they would never did be dope, year, right? I wish they would. That I would take su- it, yeah, that would be sweet. You have ten game slates like Friday, like all Friday. Oh, I mean, imagine an all day slate. Oh, the yeah. problem is. But imagine an all-day slate where you know starts at the LPL LCK in the morning and on Friday, right? Because there's a four-game slate on Fridays, LPL LCK, and then there's five games LCS, five games LC. Yeah. How mad! Well, I mean, so you couldn't really do that because it's best of threes and best of ones. But like, you could definitely do LEC and LCS. They're all best of ones. It would definitely it'd be it'd be they'd be great slates for money because the ownerships already on the five game slates the ownerships are pretty low in like good spots even spots that everybody knows are good the like ownerships are that high a little bit be, so go up to ten cool. games you're looking even even less ownership so LEC opening week uh, obviously I'll direct people back to our LEC preview show from two uh, two weeks ago I think we did. Well, actually we did the LEC one like three weeks ago um, Friday we've got. Kind of a kind of a revenge game here. We've got G two minus three forty five against Mad Lions. So we're gonna kind of go through the LEC c- quick because we talked a lot about these teams in pregame or in preseason, and we haven't seen anything from them yet. So we'll just kind of quick go through these because we've been running a little bit long anyway. So um, opening week's a little more challenging. This is just a Mad Lions play, isn't it? I'm betting the Mad Lions. Good call. Right, like I, I don't think you can lay G two right now, right? I just think like this Mad Lions roster for me is right up there towards the top of the league, second or third best team in the league. We haven't seen G two at all yet at all this season. For all we know, they take a decent sized step down. We don't know for sure what's going to happen with G two. So getting two thirty eight on the other team that we consider like top two or three for for me anyway, uh, that's that's a bet for me. I'm not even I'm not nearly as bullish on Mad Lions as you are, and I'm still probably going to take a little Mad Lions here just because it's it's day one. Like this is not going to be indicative of how good or bad G two is. This is a good. Is this a good enough number for you, Josh? Or are you just staying away from this one? I'm not, but I I might have been the lowest on Mad Lions. Uh, I'm trying to look back and remember. I had them, I think, like sixth, and I'm still. Oh, Vince had them. I don't know. I I just think you're crazy. I guess because I had them fourth, and I'm not taking them here. Um, I, I will say that since we recorded yeah, that, I when I did my write up, I like am coming around to them more. Like I've watched some Elioya, he's really, really good. I I could see this team being pretty good. So 
Yeah, it could be bad process on my part, but I just I feel like I don't want to pick on G two early. <laughs> You're uh, not messing with them. Yeah, I just I just don't want to. Astralis plus one hundred four, SK Gaming minus one thirty nine. I know we were not that high on Astralis, but is this just the dumpster diving? Like, do you just take the plus money, whoever it was going to be? Uh, so uh, on Friday we begin the FSK Gaming campaign in order of shot. Triple parlay for the weekend. Pick of the week. What is John's usual unit? One billion. We're going to bet twelve billion dollars on this parlay. I <laughs> say Astralis uh, day one plus G two day two plus Rogue day three. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Make your $25 million, billion, trillion dollars. <laughs> and just move on to the next one. And to add to that, I think I'm going to bet SK in this game. So. <laughs> All right, so you were you were fairly bullish on SK, if I'm remembering correctly, John. Um, I don't know about Not bullish, like bullish, I, but like you, were, really you were more so than we were. Astralis. I really don't like Astralis at all. That's really what it is. It's not yeah, it's more so than SK. I don't think SK's roster is very good, but I, I think Astralis is like clear 10th place for me, yeah. so. You had these uh, teams both in the right. bottom tier for you, so I can I can see that. You so you think they're clear tenth place? You're gonna lay money with SK Gaming, dude. I believe so. Yes. Get out of here. Give me a straw. The Tinks Factory is is the wheels are churning. Ban Graves. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, to be fair, he's more than that. I'm just memeing. <laughs> Uh, Rogue minus two seventy eight. Excel plus two hundred one. Interesting. I think we all like Excel quite a bit. This is too big a number for the first game. R- really, that's kind of like a theme here, right? Like they put these big money lines out for these favorites in, in week. One. You just just any underdog that's that's functional, you just take a shot on, right? Like it's it's week one. Shit happens. Right, and I, I know that's not like the only reason. Like that can't be your only reason for backing these spots. Like that's why I say like pick teams that actually look like they're pretty good. Except, do we all agree Excel look like they're going to be pretty good? Maybe not like yeah, league winning good, but like they're Obviously. there, right? Here's the thing. Um, in general, I, in general, I agree with the, with the thesis, and I think even in this spot it applies. I will say that like the one thing with the LSE and and. To the left extent, you can do it with the LCS. Uh, we've had these teams the past couple of years, past couple of splits, where we've been able to say, like, they're just a team that doesn't lose to teams worse than them. Yeah. And to me, it feels like this iteration of Rogue is, is that team now, the one we used to think Astralis or Origin was. That's what Rogue feel like to me. Yeah. So, like, I definitely think there's value in betting Excel here. But, it, it like, I'm kind of going into it expecting that, Rogue's just going to beat teams that are worse than them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Generally, I agree with you, John. Yeah, doing it for, that is, for that to work, Rogue has to be better than them, which, according to my power rankings, they're not. So, XL is a clear value for me. All right, that's fair. John was low on Rogue, I think. but that So, that may, uh, given your rankings, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. So, um, I will say, like, just as, like, a word of caution, because we've been preaching, like, early season underdogs and everything, don't just blind dog every situation. Like, pick your spots for it. It's going to feel a little bit like grasping at straws sometimes, like you're going to pick the wrong underdog sometimes, but, like, have a reason. Don't just do it because. It's just kind of like, 
an added early season, like up the variance in the beginning of the year is basically what you're doing. It doesn't make this team any better or worse. So, but like it might push a team into into being worth the position is kind of how I look at it. I'm not going to be taking SK against G2. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to be doing that. But um, that kind of process, I think, is like how you want to look at this. Uh, next up, we have Vitality plus 135 against Schalke at minus 182. I think we're all kind of optimistic about Vitality, and then we were, like, differing degrees optimistic about Schalke. This is, like, probably a play on Vitality. Right? This I'm going to bet Vitality for sure. Uh, if we're looking at the, the spreadsheet here, is this going to be your pick of the week, Josh, right here? Where my mouse is clicked? Did you already write your pick of the week down? That's it. Okay, I, yeah, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make this my pick of the week. Misfits plus one thirty five versus Shulka. I'm not as high on Shulka as, as you guys are, and I I'm not misfits. I mean uh, vitality. vitality against Shulka. Okay. Uh, I'm not as high on Shulka as you guys are, and I and I like I like this Vitality squad. So I'm like gonna vitality I'm gonna make squad. this my pick of the week. Vitality plus one thirty five. I kind of like both these teams as like they're kind of like my favorites of that that middle group. Of teams, I, I do think most of those teams are all they're they're going to be pretty close, and we'll find out halfway through the season who's the real deal and who's not. But I, I kind of think Vitality are going to come in looking pretty strong. So if I have these two pretty even, just take the plus one thirty five. Give me Vitality, Misfits plus two twenty five, Fnatic minus three twelve. No bet here. Kind of down on Misfits, kind of high on Vital or on Fnatic. This is like. This is too rich. This pass, right? This is misfits are nothing. Maybe Fnatic kill spreads if you like Fnatic that much. So, like, this one's like... <clears throat> uh, when I first looked at the slate, I thought I'd, I'd take misfits, but now I'm looking again, I'm doing my the classic Josh comparative value, and, like, why would I not take better odds for Matt against G2 than misfits against Fnatic? You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. So, I don't think I could that, even though I'd be... If I was going to bet, like I said, it's, it's misfits or nothing, but I'd rather just place that, that wager on, on Mad there, I think. All right, Saturday we've got Shocker minus 161, Excel plus 119. This is my pick of the week on Excel, underdog win here. Um, we talked about it a lot. I don't. I think Excel is really good. I think I have them powering above it, of Shocker. So that's uh, that kind of tells you how I feel about it. Having five and six neck and neck, so I'll take the plus money all day. I think Excel is a little bit higher outside. I could see an angle where your angle is Shaka has more returning players, so it'll be better at the start of the season than Excel. Um, no, that's completely fair, fair take out, but I'll take this plus 120 on him all day. I yeah, have, it's got, it just feels wrong, doesn't it? I don't know. I have Vitality, Shaka, Mad Lions, and Excel basically the same. Like, pick and choose where you where you want them. I kind of have – to me, they, they all did solid rebuilds. They added good talent, and they all have upside. So, like, they were, like, my A-plus tier where I could see them, like, taking games off the good teams if things go right for them. But they're probably just going to be pretty solid teams. Where they end up, we have to see. And I think, like, you could maybe have some differentiation in that tier, but I kind of had them all in the same spot. So, like, basically anytime any of these teams are going to be underdogs against one another, I'm going to be backing them. So I was pretty bullish on, on Shaka compared to you guys, and I'm still taking Excel here. Vitality minus 139 against Misfits plus 106. 
I'm probably going to be on Vitality. <laughs> yeah, this one's either Vitality or Pass. I think I end up passing on this one, but... I'm probably taking Misfits here. I think there's... Oh, man. I think there's probably a bot gap. And although Kami doesn't strike me as the type of AD carry that'd be good in this man necessarily, I don't necessarily think that Comp is either, so... I'd probably just take the plus money here on a team that I think is a little bit more veteran across the board. Yeah. And they've got some prospects in there. I think it's, it's what, Agresivo and, uh, Bethea in the mid. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I kind of like the outside of the Misfits roster. I'm willing to let, take plus money on them against a team like Vitality while I'm not super high on. Yeah. I'm kind of higher on, on Misfits than I was when we did our, our preview show, but I'm still not particularly high on them overall. But like, the thing with Europe is that, like, I don't think there's a bad team in this league besides, like, I think if there is going to be a bad team, it's going to be SK or Astralis, but I don't even think those teams are that bad, so. Uh, SK is terrible. That's, yeah, you gotta stay on brand, I understand. But, like, I don't think we're gonna have a dumpster, like, you're gonna have a team that ends up ninth or 10th, it's just math, it just has to happen, right? But I, I think you're going to have competitive teams top to bottom in the LEC. I think that's good for the league, too. I like – even the, the rebuilds I like the least, I still don't hate them. Like, the SK situation, I don't like that they didn't keep Crowny and all that. But, like, the overall look of it, like, that's what you should be doing. Some veterans, some prospects, like, some continuity. Like, I, the, all of these teams have done that. This Nobody's, like, completely blown everything up. And I, I like what all of these teams have done. So there's a chance that, like – we see just like the LCK, there's like a stratification, right? Where the three teams are better than the two or three teams are better than everyone else. And the rest is just any given week, right? And whoever's the most consistent over the year. So I could see the case for Misfits. Um, Mad Lions minus 278, Astralis plus 200. I'm actually going to bet Mad Lions. And I rarely bet minus 278s. Uh, in best of one, but I think I'm higher on Mad Lions than the books are, and I think I'm lower on Astralis than the books are, so it just makes sense well, to take have, a jab at it. Last, so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even then, to give them plus 200 against Mad, I think they must be higher on them than I am. So I'm going to I'm gonna take a stab at, uh, at at Mad Lions here at 278. This is right about near the line of where I'm willing to bet best of ones, but I'm going to take a stab at it. It was a pass for me. Probably, what do you think, Josh? I'd be interested in mad kill spreads um, or the, maybe the kill total unders because I think it's just a runaway. I'm going to take a brief look. I should clarify something we've talked about before a little bit, but just to clarify for everybody, a lot of times I'll talk about taking like a money line in a matchup, but we're going to check those bets and look for other better value like in the things like first turret, for our first inhibitor rather, not first turret, they're not yeah. the same, but first inhibitor is pretty much to win the game and often comes with better odds. Things like that, uh, we're, we're always going to check those because oftentimes yeah. you're going to find better value in things like most kills or first inhibitor first or something. Versus, yeah, so always make sure to check those out because oftentimes I won't actually end up betting the money line. I'll end up betting something like that that it comes with better odds. These correlate they, they're correlated markets like, yeah, inhibitor, etc. Um, kill spread for that is six and a half. So kind of uh, not enough for me to like Astralis necessarily if I was going to do that. This is probably a pass for me. I could see Mad Lions for sure. G2 minus 800, SK plus 450. Josh, how on brand are you? Are you laying 800 with G2? Uh, this is G2 kill spreads every every day of the week. 
Jitsu is probably minus 10 and a half here, and it's not enough. Like, look, there's no talent on the roster, guys. There's 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 no talent. Ten and a half, minus 10 and a half kill spread. No joke. I'm down. Like, that's minus 10 and a half means two late game team by aces and one other kill in lane phase. Cap probably solos his laner three times. So I'm down. I don't know. Could implied, be yeah. implied totals eighteen to eighteen to eight. Actually, here's something interesting. I, I, I'm actually curious to get you guys thoughts on this on approaches for G2 kill spreads because Reckless's uh, career, right, has been a generally he's a slower type player, scales to late game and just absolutely perfect positioning, great damage output. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know about that, but how do you think that fits in with G2's playstyle? Like assuming, assuming like there's no communication errors and everything works perfectly. What do you think that, how does that affect your, your handicap of G2 kill spreads? To me, there's like two, there's two ways this goes, right? Like this was like, this is one of my concerns with this team, at least to start is I don't know if necessarily, I want to say like culture fit, but like that's a whole different, that's another angle to this, but stylistically, like they're, Reckless hasn't he's I mean he's you've heard him calling stuff on comms before, but like he's not traditionally an in game leader. Perks has been the in game leader for this team. Maybe he's an upgraded AD carry, but like it's not necessarily an overall upgrade to the team, which which we've talked extensively about. In terms of sloppiness or bloodiness in games, I think it just depends on if he if he's buying into what they're doing or if he's gonna just do his if if they just ask him to be himself and they'll figure the rest out, then maybe G2 are going to be more likely to cover some of these bigger kill spreads because you're not going to have as many of these sloppy fights. You're just going to be like clean ace, clean ace. The dangerous part when you're doing that kind of thing, though, is like then it just becomes an even smaller margin of error, at least to me. Like When I want, when I want a team that's going to cover these huge kill spreads, I want teams that are going to be constantly forcing action and getting the better part of it, right? When you get into a situation where, like, it's pretty even and you just need, like, not even an ace. You kill three people and then you ace them to win the game. That's frequently, if you have a two-kill lead or something, that's going to be close to the spread. So, you, with, with bigger kill spreads, you want a team like Gen G or you want a team like Damwon that are just going to completely obliterate the other team. Like, it's not going to be particularly close. You don't want these teams that are playing for, like, two fights, right? So, I don't know. I, it could go either way. It's going to it's gonna be interesting to see how it pans out. John, John what do you think? I've thought about this quite a bit, uh, about the reckless fitting into G2 angle. And I actually think it's not going to matter at all. Like his yeah, style is very well couldn't. Difference. And the, the reason for that is because he's in the one position where it doesn't matter. When, when G2 is making plays in the early game and skirmishing and stuff, the AD carry is not the person that's doing that. Yeah. It's the mid laner, the support, the jungler, the top laner teleporting down. They don't expect the AD carry to rotate to mid yeah. very often to help a play. I mean, think about when G2 so, were doing really, really well. It was like perks on Zaya and Ezreal, right? Yep, and, and he, he hangs out and Mickey roams. And so I don't actually think that Reckless is going to make that much of a difference because I think they were pretty much already asking their AD carry to do the same thing that Reckless would want to do. It's the rest of the team that's going to continue doing stuff, and they're all in the same positions. I think changing any other position on the map makes a much bigger difference than changing yeah. their AD carry. That part I so don't agree I, with. I trust them in, in this. Another yeah. interesting thing, I'm just just to butt in real fast, like the current metagame, it's kind of going to force Reckless to not play the way he did. 
and we're going to find out pretty quickly. Like, just like the, the, the carries right now are playmaking carries. You can't – I mean, you can play there's, – there's misfortunes and stuff. Like, you can play, like, the safer options. Zaya, Zaya's, you know, creeping into the metagame more and more as, you know, we see, like, weak side bot and stuff like that. It's hard to, it's hard to gank Zaya. So there's a chance that he's just going to be forced by the metagame to be a more aggressive player than we've seen in the past. And that could be a good thing for him, honestly. Like I don't doubt that he has the chops. He's still got the chops, but I don't. I, I, I that that's kind of a new wrinkle now that we've seen how the game looks. And that's going to be a different thing with the LECs. They're coming into this later than everyone else, so they've kind of seen, you know, the the metagame calcify a little bit. Uh, Go ahead, Josh. What you're going to say? The other interesting thing to me about the whole thing is <clears throat> Reckless is going to Mickey. Like we know, we we think Mickey's a better overall sport than Hilly. Yeah, but he's also like noticeably less aggressive. So like it's it's always hard to tell in bot lane specifically you know who's who's really the best the the the, the player to attribute winning to right um, I think that's just going to be interesting to watch in and of itself to see if the kind of convergence of styles like I think Mickey and Reckless are a much better fit than Reckless and Hilly were but Reckless and Hilly were the whole like you know the marriage argument of like uh, attracted to your opposites yeah. type deal. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I am, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical of how it plays out, but I think early in the season, like 18 and a half, I think you said was their implied tilt total. Under. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fine to say under, but like I could also see G2 just putting up 25 kills. Yeah, I, like I don't know, but yeah. So I, I say under, but that speaks to a broader thing that's not even involving yeah. G two. The team, favorite, favorite team totals unders have been it's just been a slam dunk all season. So. Yeah. But this is a long, a long drawn out conversation for this game that ultimately doesn't matter. But G2 is going to be a very interesting team to just see how they develop yeah. throughout the season. I mean, it's very of... possible G2 just are that much better than everyone. They just smashed this league, and like we're all laughing at each other for even considering otherwise <laughs> like before the season. But I, I think there's there's enough, um, you know, reasonable doubt. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, Fnatic minus one sixty one, Rogue plus one twenty one. I'm on Fnatic. I could see it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna bet him 161. I think, like they they mostly didn't they didn't change some of the most important things, which is I think self made and Whippo is probably the most important thing on the team for me. Mm-hmm. The way that those two play, but the biggest thing for me is I think that there was some bad blood in this team, but not necessarily like they hated each other, but like I think there was some disagreement about what this team wanted to do previously. I think Reckless and Whippo in particular, from the little things I've seen. We're not on the same page about the things that they wanted out of the world. And I think you might see like a revitalized fanatic almost with, with reckless gone, even though it's going to be a downgrade in pure skill, you might see a more of a hungry lions approach from upset self-made and whippo versus when they had the veteran reckless presence. See, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a downgrade. That's that, that's part of why I'm so bull. I, I think fanatic are a better team top to bottom. I think they're a better roster this season. Is that a, is that hot takey? I don't know. I think top I think to bottom they're a better team. I think Niski's an upgrade. Hill is saying self made and Whippo stayed the same, and then I think Upset is a, is a mild downgrade in pure player skill, but could be a big upgrade in in like playstyle and cohesiveness. Okay, so like at worst horizontal, it's just going to be a chemistry yeah. issue. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're at least at least fine. Nah. Nah. Get out of here. Uh, 
is there a certain free agent that you want them to pick up? Is that what this is going? No, no, Who's, no, there? No. Who's there? No. Who's there? Who's there? Finally, has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's a bad news bear. <clears throat> bad news bear. I would like to inform you that this morning the uh, sandbox team, who was previously coached by uh, who is this uh, Yamato Cannon? Oh, that uh, guy. Yeah, and, and it was terrible. Just beat a freak of freaks in the game, eighteen goes to one this morning. I don't, maybe I'm misunderstanding that. But I think he's uh, now the coach of a European team called Fnatic. Yeah, this is a reasonable so, take. I got some bad news for you. Yamato's not a good coach. Reasonable. I quoted this a couple weeks ago, and I'm here to double down. Are you on road here then? Money all day. Okay. I'm, I'm convinced Yamato breaks this team. The franchise doesn't even make it to the finals this year. Wow. Okay, that's a little strong. I think it's. I, I mean, look. I, I mean, I wrote in my in my 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 team outlooks like that's the downside for this team. Like that's the that's the bear case. Like almost entirely that, because I don't like the overall quality of players they have are they're just too good to be like they're not going to be they they can't fall below a certain threshold to me. Same with G2. Like, the players are just too good that they're the worst they can be is, like, bottom of the playoffs, like, sixth. Like, absolute worst. Everything goes terribly, right? So, I mean, I, I had these two teams rated equally. I, I think Fnatic's a little bit better, but I, I'm i probably going to either be Rogue or nothing here. This might be a pass. I, I do think Rogue and Fnatic are pretty close. So, I know John obviously, is, is the opposite because he was low on Rogue, but, like, I kind of had Rogan's these two the in the running of the LEC. I had these two in the same tier. So, uh, Sunday, we're going to blow through these because we're running long. Um, Stralis plus 132 against Vitality, minus 179. Looks Vitality. Like, looks like a fair price to me. I'll probably pass. Josh, rapid fire here. Rogue minus 333 against SK Gaming. No bet. Rogue kills friends. Misfits plus 151. Mad Lions minus 204. Betting Mad Lions. Mad one, huh? Ooh. Um, probably make kill spreads. It's going to be like five and a half, probably. Fnatic minus 227. Shalka plus 165. Betting Fnatic. Fnatic money line. This might be Shocker pass for me. Uh, Excel plus 340. G2 minus 526. Give me Excel. That's too much. I'm going to watch Excel. G2's first game really closely. And if it looks like there might be a hole, I'm, I'm slamming Excel. Not slamming, but I'm betting a unit on Excel if, yeah. if it looks like there might be some holes. I think there's enough. There's enough upside there. Regardless, one thing to touch on here. Uh, teams against G2 in LEC DFS specifically is is almost every split recently the biggest edge. G2 only drops, what, John, John Vince, what, three to five games a split? Two to yeah, five games. Take. Yeah. But but when they do, if you always have at least some exposure, John was doing this against Cloud9 last year. You always have some exposure. Well, I already the one time they did drop the game, but but uh have some exposure to the opponent of G2, you'll you'll probably hit really big one week. And it makes sense to do that. Keep in mind, G two like it looked for a minute like they weren't gonna make the playoffs in summer twenty twenty. Yeah. Like they went eleven and seven and their their opponents were always four percent. DFS, despite the fact that they were eleven and seven on the season, yeah. and don't get me wrong, they were the best team in the league. But it's yeah, they're going to lose some games. It, this is again, this speaks to the futures conversation, right? Like, you're not betting who the best team in the league is; you're betting what the number says for a specific game. So, 
get out of the mentality of thinking of this is the best team they're going to win. Like that's just it, fundamentally for any kind of handicapping, just get out of that mentality. It's a good like final check if you've got a close call. Sure. Um, just to point out to Kev, I, is that big Kev? Is that big Kev's Twitch? I don't know. But Kilometer Kev says, why does everyone think Yamato sucks? What's bad about him? Uh, I don't think Yamato sucks. I think we have reason to question his ability based on what happened with Sandbox, but I'm also willing to kind of give him a pass on that because he got there late, COVID issues, and it was in a new league with new language and everything. So there's a chance that he just didn't get to implement what he wanted to do. I'm willing to give him a pass on that. The one thing I'll say about Yamato is that, historically speaking, I call him the Peter Laviolette of League of Legends. The first, like, two splits he has with the team – are usually pretty good because he's the one thing he's very, very good at is giving a team an identity from the start. Like there's no dilly dallying. There's no figuring stuff out. They know who they are. They're going to play their certain way and they usually get pretty good at it. So I tend to like his teams for like the first season that they're in, but I do think it's fair to question him after, you know, this, this stint in Korea. There are people in the business world that do what I think Yamato is good at. There are people in the business world who start companies build them and sell them and then go start more companies, but they don't manage them long-term into billion-dollar companies. Yeah. They they start a new company, they build it up to where it's worth $2 million, they sell it, and they let somebody else make it worth a billion, and they go start a new company and he's, build it up to $2 million. He's like, your, he's like your, your eSports blank check company, right? Like that's... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a guy, he's a guy that goes in, and I think he's good, like you said, at very quickly getting a team together, giving them a strategy, sometimes even... I wouldn't call it cheesy, but sometimes like a an offbeat strategy, and they come out and they smash some people with it, and then after a little while, they don't. He's not good at adjusting and changing how they're going to play after that. So he's he's good at like raising a team stock, but not at being like a good long term coach. From what we've seen, I can't say that for sure about yeah. Yamato Cannon. I don't know the guy, but here's my thing. I agree with that what you said, John. But the problem is he's going into a billion dollar company. Yeah, that's that's an interesting part about yeah, this. This move. is this I is totally new. agree with you. Is he's not going into a team of rookies here where he needs to give them a quick identity and, and smash some people. Yeah. He's going into a team that is the billion dollar company. And if you think like we consider, I, mean, I think we're all kind of in tune with esports in general here. Like Vitality is a pretty big brand in esports. Like obviously they're one of the best Counter Strike teams on the planet, and you know they've they've have a multi game presence and they're good in multiple league is probably like their weak point honestly. And but at the time when he was with them, that wasn't the case. Like they were like an up and coming organization. They're they're like bigger now than they were then. So this is like this is big time for him. Like this is the first like big time, you know, adult organization that he's taking over with like real like players that are not new. These are experienced veterans that aren't gonna put up with any kind of bullshit. So maybe his like maybe his style doesn't work with them, but we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be I, I just think it's I don't think we're necessarily shitting on him. I just think there's reason to doubt him. But I also think there's like a case to be made for for supporting him in an early you know early with a new team. So I just don't think the good thing about it is you're not going to see fanatic dilly dallying. They're going to know who they are, and we're going to know who they are right away. Like that's almost constant with every team he's ever been with. So all right, that's the LEC opening week is going to be really interesting. We're going to blaze through the locking because we've been running super long here. The locking format. Friday, we're going to have the last day of group stages. Currently, Group A is figured out already in terms of who's making the knockout stage. It's just a matter of seeding. CLG have been eliminated. So CLG have nothing to play for, and they actually don't play on the final day anyway, so it doesn't matter. 
Uh, CLG are out in Group A. 100 Thieves, Golden Guardians, Liquid, and TSM are through to the knockout stage. It's just a matter of seeding. So they're battling for, for who's going to be 1, 2, 3, 4. Group B, Cloud9 and Evil Geniuses have clinched knockout stage, and no one is eliminated yet. So the Group B games matter a lot more. Um, so we've got Dignitas plus 396 against Cloud9 minus 667. Uh, Cloud9, a little bit of a rough start, but like they, they kind of turned it back on once they, uh, you know, got their feet under them a little bit here. But uh, any love for Dignitas here? Cloud9 looks good enough to be this prohibitive a favorite. Yeah, I think Dignitas already had their surprise performances. I, th- I think we're I, I'm done with Dignitas here. No bet for me. I haven't had as much problem with Dignitas's playing as I have their drafting, but that's yeah. kind of like. <laughs> I'll answer no to your question. Like, I, I don't think Fudge has looked as good as I expected. Perks started the year with Yone um, when he could have picked, you know, a lot of other things. I think I was I was actually in a Discord call with a bunch of Europeans who stayed up all night to watch Perks' uh, like LCS debut. And they were just saying, like, I think he just wants to style on people. And he got punished for it. And I'm about that. Like, good. Good on the LCS for punishing him for it. Jazuke, great job. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they've earned this price tag, but it, it is, to John's point, hard to, hard to bet on Dignitas. But plus 400 in a best of one for any team, honestly, it's really tough not to at least want to sprinkle something on, you know? Yeah, 10.5 kill spread, too, so give me give me some of that. That's a big number for, like, totals that have been averaging, like, 22.5. Like, are you saying that they're going to win, like, 18-4 to four or whatever, or, you know, 16 to 6 every single game. It's probably going to be some some ugliness there. Perks trying to mess around a little bit. Like I really do hope that this was like a wake up call to the LCS for everyone to get their shit together. I I'm optimistic about it. I will say that you know, the level of play wasn't amazing, but I did you guys feel like the level of play was better than the LCS last season already? Yeah, there's been some there's been some pretty good games so far, but there's also been some yeah, there's been some pretty brain dead stuff as well, so I'm whole, I'm reserving judgment on that. Yeah, I just I, I hope the overall quality of the league is better this year for like everyone's sake, for viewers, for us, for you know the players, for the, all the, for the good, especially for the good teams because I want them to be tested. So, um, Golden Guardians plus two sixty six, hundred thieves minus three eighty five. I no bet for me, man. Iconic looked really good. In that first week, I know it's his debut and everything, and I know Golden Guardians have their issues, but like, I almost want to take a shot on Golden Guardians here. This is close enough for me in a best of one. I think Hundred Thieves look really good, but I agree. Part of my just like inner being believes this is like Niles is a welcome to the league moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The NFL, you always have the. Welcome to the league rookie moment. Someday yeah. is just going to be like, hey, I'm going to pull out Aatrox with Gore Drinker, and you can play whatever the hell you want, and I'm going to cure you three times and auto you, and you're going to die, and I'm going to type in all chat, open top or something. Like, just, <laughs> just, just, just so destroy. I will say, after their, in their second game, the other team, I forget who it was in their second game, like, literally just, like, camped the shit out of top lane in the second game. They are like, all right, all right, we're not losing. We're not, we're not going through this shit again, so... Um, I mean, is is that duo good enough to steal games? I think they're going to be. Yeah, they'll they'll steal some games here and there, but I don't think the team yeah. overall is that good. 
picking when is the is the challenge, right? Like, is this is this a good enough number? I, I'm gonna take a piece of Golden Guardians here, I think, and I like and I like Hundred Thieves. I'm passing personally. That's fair. EG minus two ninety four against FlyQuest plus two hundred six. FlyQuest looked yikes, abysmal. They <laughs> yeah, like the worst team, bad. and I have a bet on them to win the lock in as well. You morons. yeah, like let's be real. Do Fly FlyQuest look like they're just not prepared for this tournament? Yeah, not at all. And I'm 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 not. We had a feeling there were going to be some teams like this. We didn't know who it was going to be, but it kind of looks like they don't give a shit about this tournament. They brought in the jungle at the last minute. They didn't have a lot of practice time with with them. I mean, they still have players. They could win games here, but like EG, EG look like they care. So I'm I'm yeah. not trying to get in the way of that. EG, EG looks pretty good. You you got the biggest overperformer and biggest underperformer in the tournament playing in this game. I think yeah. EG's looked better than I think people expected, and FlyQuest has looked worse. So no bet for me. Anything to the week two angle. We've had a week to prep and study film. A week more of practice with teams that just added new guys. They're going to be like... Could be, but I'm not betting it. If you go from like two days of practice with your team to an extra six days of practice, that's kind of a big deal, right? I don't know. That's the angle. That's the kind of conversation you need to have with yourself if you're going to backfly quest in this spot. Give me EG kill spreads here. Liquid minus 217, TSM plus 159. TSM pulled a rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> that game was an absolute fiesta. Uh, liquid a little hot and cold. This this is just liquid, right? I'm betting liquid for sure. Yeah, this line's way too close. TSM looked like on another planet compared to Team Liquid right now. So you're on liquid then? Yeah, TL kills spreads. TL yeah. first Drake, first tower, first inhibitor, first anything, everything. <laughs> All of it. Immortals plus one ten against FlyQuest minus one forty seven. Give me some immortals. They're feisty. They're not good, but they're feisty. I think. They're I think. It's Come on, man. Hey, listen. That academy team. Who was it? They beat. They beat somebody. I forget off the top of my head now. Who did they beat? CLG. FlyQuest is a bad. Come on. This is legitimately an account. Oh, they, beat, not... they beat Dignitas, so never mind. I'm... Right. They're not playing. look like the worst team in the tournament so far. Flyquest, they look worse, yeah, that, like, they look worse than... They look worse than Immortals. That's what I think. They look worse than Immortals Academy. Give me Immortals here. You're going the other way or you're passing this one? I'm Fly, uh, Flyquest minus 147 against Immortals every day of the week and twice okay. on Sunday. Even though this is on Friday. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention, because we, we kinda I didn't get to say it, but uh I touched on it last week, but evil geniuses unlocking the carry potential of impact. Holy god. Oh yeah. You nailed that by the way. Yeah, impact has been a monster so far. Dude, EG look like they're having fun. Like they're just they look so much more loose, don't they? Like, it, like I mean, sometimes that can be a bad thing. Like they get ahead of themselves, but like, damn, they look like they're just wheeling and dealing. And like, that's what it, that's what we wanted to see from this team, right? I, I'm like, I don't think the reason I want to harp on is because I've never been so right about a handicap in my life ever <laughs> about anything where they're just like everyone can carry. Like literally, Impact's just gonna play Renekton. This like career like Scion Maokai Orn player, like just. Yeah, get on Renekton, do your damn thing, in fact. And he's been balling. 
Yeah. He's the player of the tournament so far for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's been um smurfing to say the least, I think. So Saturday we don't have lines yet because we don't know the the how this is gonna break down. I'll just do a quick rundown of how the format's gonna go, but each of these teams are going to play a team from the other group. Number four is going to play number four, or number one is going to play number four from the other group. Number two is going to play number three, et cetera, et cetera, right? So the way this is shaping up, we, I mean, we don't have lines for this, but does the, I kind of talked before the tournament started about the format being an advantage for group A because I think group A was stacked, but EG look pretty good now. So suddenly this is like a little more interesting than it was before the tournament. I think before the tournament, you could say that like, you know, four of the top five teams were in Group A. I don't think that was unreasonable. But now that we know CLG were having issues, obviously, and then Golden Guardians look okay, but, like, you know, they're not quite there yet. So, C9 and EG versus Group A. I think we're... I just really hope we get 100 Thieves, Liquid, C9, EG in the Final Four. Those are the those are the Final Four we need. C9, EG, 100 Thieves, and Liquid. Yeah. I want 100 Thieves, Liquid, and... TSM in the top four, which could happen. So those are my future positions. <laughs> uh, well, and I've seen I had CLG too, but I also put that in before the the news and everything. So um, it was also a gigantic number, so I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. So without without really knowing how this is going to shake out, like, do we assume Cloud Nine probably gets the number one seed in Group B? They're going to probably catch Golden Guardians, if I had to guess, right? Yeah. I don't want to go too, I don't want to go too crazy speculating on this, because the format could just, could literally change on Friday. Yeah, so. we don't know who any of the seeds are going to be. Just, so. just wanted to give you all a heads up. The, the games on Saturday are going to be best of three. It's kind of interesting that we're going directly into a best of three from the group stage, like, within a day. That's kind of an interesting, the format for this is a little bit weird. I'm kind of surprised they didn't play the four days last week, but, you know, so be it. That's what we have here. Uh, quarterfinals will be best of three. The rest of the tournament is going to be best of five. So starting Sunday, it'll be best of five for the rest of the way. So, yeah. Pick of the week. Anything else on the, the LCS lock-in? All right. Pick of the week. Nothing for me. Pick of the week. We run pretty long here. We're going we're gonna to have to get used to now having the extra day of games in the LEC and the LCS that we're going to have to probably move quicker a little bit. But this is a learning process for us, too. So pick of the week. Last week. All right. So. I'm just going to – I'm. Just, we're going to tout. We're going to spend some time touting here. Touting. The Gold Card Podcast. Listeners, guests, cast, everything included. We are undefeated this season. Boom! Hulk Hogan status. Yes. <laughs> Josh needs the rip-away shirt, right? But quite literally undefeated. It's like 150% ROI or whatever it is. Like we're what, 11-0 or 9-0, I think it was. Yeah, we're we're not we're nine and zero, one hundred and fifty percent ROI on the season. Almost every I single best been pulled money. out for the whole year. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, I expect that one hundred percent to be yeah. our expectation <laughs> for all time. Uh, I expect it to go two hundred and fifty and zero, and maintain one hundred fifty percent ROI. Yeah, pretty pretty savage start for us. We've been nails. Uh, let's see if we can keep this going. So, John, what is your pick of the week? I'm going Vitality plus 135 against Schalke. I don't believe in Schalke. I like the offseason for Vitality with the consistent roster. That's what I'm going with. All right. Uh, Josh is still thinking. I'm going to go 
with a game on Friday morning, I think, we're going to go with Sandbox plus 100 against the RX. I think that's going to be my, my spot here. Yeah. Uh, oof, Billy Billy's tempting. I'll, I'll stick with Sandbox. I'll go Sandbox plus 100 against the RX. That's going to be my pick of the week. I got Excel plus 119 against Schalke. Touched on it a little bit. I think Schalke's going to be a little bit overrated. I had Excel above in my power rankings. I'll take the plus 120 all day. Uh, Chris is going to be on Sooning plus 147 against Fun Plus. We talked about that quite a bit. And uh, he, he's like, he's like for fun, I guess like a beer bet, we've got uh, plus 850 for uh, Brion against Damwon. <laughs> I don't know if I can back that. We're not going to count that one against the books. We'll, ca- we'll, we'll, we'll count Sooning plus 147 against FPX. Uh, the listener questions, I'm just going to do a quick double check here to see how many, if we got any more additions. I think it was only the one so far. Did Moose add one to you guys? Got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just looked over at the chat and some of the memes are flowing. It's great. <laughs> you see the, the Discord? It's so good. Um, So the listener pick of the week is going to be from AVH2AG from the Esports Department Discord. He likes EDG minus one and a half against JDG at plus 321. Listeners taking a little bit of a risk this week, but that could be a big payoff for them. So that is pick of the week for this uh, for this week. And with that, I think unless you guys have anything else, I think we'll get out of here. All I'm going to say is stay tuned next week because there's going to be a really exciting story full of intrigue and and uh, and twists and turns. Come back next week for Are it. You gonna, is, is this just going to be the new shtick? Are we going to tease this every week? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Eventually, it's going to happen, and you're going to want to be there when when it does. Goodbye. Yeah, imagine you missed the one episode where I finally told the story. I'm like, I'm like waiting for all these people to like skip to the end of every episode now. Semi-serious <laughs> sign-off. Um, LEC's had a little bit of drama recently with, with one of the things Frost Currents came out and said. Um, I've already said boycott the LEC, so if you want another reason, just go ahead and use that boycott the LEC other than just crowding out playing. But uh, try and, like, there's there's a lot of change going on, especially in the U.S. with the new uh, new president taking over and things like that. Um, social media is probably going to be a bit of a sigh at this point in time, so try to not get too caught up in things and, and keep yourself grounded a little bit because things are definitely can get a little bit toxic on the Internet, especially around time like this when there's a lot of change going on. Yeah, keep a level head about things. That's that's definitely good advice for sure. Um, I don't really have anything for this week. That was good. Simple. My wife sent me about 300 memes telling me to end the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll call it a night for now, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will see you all next week. And yeah, we'll see you next week. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.